The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Have you ever felt a lack of love? Oh, yeah. How about emptiness within your soul? I have. Well, my name's Chad Duchet. And I'm Poppy. And welcome to Love Continent. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be here, guys. A one continent with only 45 contestants. We have 30 men. 15 women with a first show since Tila Tequila that welcomes same sex and polyamorous couples. Oh my gosh, we're so progressive! Brought to you by E Entertainment and BBC. Tune in to the newest episodes of Love Island, which is not Love Island, this is Love, Love Continent. Continent. Welcome to Love Continent. Sorry, I had way too much to drink. I went from being a surfer bro to Australia for some reason. <laughs> Not really sure what's going on anymore. That was Unfortunately, terrible. I think you gave away your inspiration that for Love Continent. That was terrible. If Absolutely anyone couldn't trash. tell. Which is such a shame because Love Island, first of all, neither one of us have actually watched an episode, which is... I'm throwing my stuff. Oh, I, have I to see. Get oh, are we taking our, our island oh gear God. off? It's such a shame because neither one of us have watched it. And I know you don't particularly care for it until you've been sitting there for 20 minutes and you feel invested. Me, that seems like my bread and butter, that kind of reality show. So I kind of need to get on that. We'll keep riffing because I'm struggling taking my shirt off. Well, well, so. for real, the idea, I okay, love these reality dating shows there. Here's the thing. I am not someone to proclaim they're good. And, and also, let me clarify. I, this is, this is a hot tea about me i have uh, only watched one season of the bachelor out of the 45 seasons including i've never watched a full season of the bachelorette before and uh, that season i watched happened to be peter's season back in 2020 like i was the worst <sighs> listen i'm sure absolute worst i'm he's sorry got some nice qualities about him but i didn't get through the whole thing although i was rooting for madison who did did she win i don't remember but i follow her on instagram now and she just got engaged oh good for her so good for her and uh yeah so i've i've only watched one season of that and i'm not talking about that kind of show that show takes itself just just a little too seriously no i like my favorite reality tv dating shows are the ones that are so bad and so poorly scripted and so embarrassing. I'm talking circa 2006, 2007 yeah, yeah, yeah. VH1, yep. Yep. Rock of Love, 
again you brought up a shot of love with tila tequila yeah daisy of love flavor flave all those flavor shows Flav. i don't know if i can do that i probably can't do that uh sorry oh well either way all yeah. i know is that most of them were on hulu mm. in the early days of the pandemic and yeah. i watched all of them yeah i know because <laughs> i was i was there um welcome to the wolf and bull podcast uh i am overtly sweaty uh but i am your host or one of the hosts uh the one and only cam aka the wolf and i have my beautiful wife uh at resident guest beowulf on the podcast Hello. with us sitting across from me um today's a wonderful day you want to know why? Because it is a wolf pack adventure um, that is connected to your headphones. It so is. You it's okay. We're, we're just going to okay, leave cool. that just right there. there. Yeah. I don't know what that uh, that uh, cocaine induced um, trauma was that you saw in the beginning. Um, we just had a moment. We, we were we were being silly. That, dude, that music, dude. Some silliness. That music bops, bro. I'm just saying. Like this is. Like, I'm not kidding. After this is over, I'm making dinner. You're and I'm watching. No, I'm watching Love Island. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna get on that. Mm-hmm. Watch an episode. I love, I, I love the idea of that show. Who knows if I'll actually like it? But okay, something about okay, it tells me it's gonna speak to me. Go uh, ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, yeah. I have seen. Oh. Pieces of Love Island. You have. Um, I think Love Continent is gonna overtake it in the ratings. I think so too. Um, you said, you said it was, it the was the only show since it Kilo was welcoming, yep. yeah, of same-sex couples yeah, and I mean, polyamorous relationships, it's, it's which is very forward-thinking, mm-hmm. especially in the dating show era these days. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, and that was probably just because we're just we don't watch those shows, or at least I don't. So there probably are I, those shows. I'm about to after this. Yeah. Well. Anyway, um, before we get started, just a quick reminder for our listeners uh, and our viewers. If you like what you hear or you like what you see, um, to f- give us a follow. On, that was weird. I made myself uncomfortable there. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram uh, or a subscription on YouTube. Uh, and you can also give us a five-star review on all uh, any of or all of the major podcasting platforms. Um, I believe we are also making waves on the communist platform TikTok as well. So you can follow us there. Um, sell your data to the CCP. Why not? Join the group. Join they us. They already have your data, whether you're on TikTok. Well, I was, I was looking... And I heard this. I was looking, and after I heard from the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Rogan, uh, talking about the stuff that TikTok requests of you. In oh, their, those like, terms and services. Dear you, God. Everyone agrees to those for almost every app. Dear God. Instagram, all of them. Yeah, well. By the way, I feel like you should address the elephant in the room, which mm. is the bull is not present. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's. We were gonna get a cardboard cutout of him, but that's gonna be maybe for future episodes. He's on a hiatus. Yeah, he went on vacation. Um, he's currently not in the just, same state as us. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. So um, we're going to just keep going. We're without just him. doing it without him. Yeah. And I am going to be just as entertaining as the bull is. Oh, I just set this the bar pretty high for myself. So you really did. Um, I might not be. I can't make that like many promises. Be like Poppy. No, no one wants to listen Just to Poppy. Just be like Poppy. Be Poppy the entire episode. It'd be yeah. great. Um, but yeah, uh, how are you? How's everything going? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Um, just got back from a great time in uh, San Diego last weekend. Yeah, it was a good time. Our old stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. We went to a wedding for we some did. of our dear friends, which was uh, wonderful and lovely and mm-hmm. I was super, super excited about it for years now. So that was awesome. I was completely sober. 
the entire time. That's I true. I was completely sober. It was not a dry wedding, no. but you stayed sober because you got a new tattoo. I did get a new day. tattoo. Yeah. Good, good job listening to the advice of your artist to not I do drink at any point in time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but With I'm everything. doing good. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, I got an open wound on my arm, but other than that, I'm doing fine. Uh, it's healing relatively well. Um, not super itchy yet, so there's not a ton of peeling either. So I mean, it's not. I'm happy to happy to have it there. I have chose wisely. I think um, it's experience that I'll wait maybe another year and a half uh, to do again. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad to hear it. It's just like we're learning how to date all over again. Yeah. So what's your favorite color? Yeah. Uh, oh geez. I've never thought about it. What's your favorite color? Oh, I haven't thought about it either. Wow. We're compatible. <laughs> we're really getting That's somewhere. Wild. Yeah. Do you remember? Okay. So, so listeners and viewers, I'm sure are, are very Everyone. well aware. Yes. That we are married mm-hmm. and we have been together for almost 11 years. Yes. Do you remember our first date? Uh, yeah, I do. We went to a coffee shop. Ryan right? Brothers. Yes. Ryan Brothers San Marcos, coffee. California. Yep. Uh, do you remember what we talked about? Mm. Uh, that one. I don't. No, so you're not, not going to get in trouble yeah, with me if you don't remember. Um, <laughs> I don't at all. I remember ordering. I remember what we ordered, though. You remember that? I'm pretty sure we got chai tea lattes. Chai tea lattes. That's right. And yeah. we were, I was all like, oh, wow. We both like he the same coffee. We both Whoa. want the same drink. Oh Chaz my gosh. knows coffee, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Those were, those were, uh, those were the days. Those were the days. The world was simpler. Yeah, it was simpler. And that does give us a really good segue into what we're going to talk about today. Well, uh, let me go ahead and do the monologue and then we can introduce that. Sure. Let's go for it. You're sitting in your home cubicle, typing away, waiting for the day to wrap up. The leftovers you brought from the kitchen have finally entered your digestive system, and you've equivocally determined that the risotto you had with takeout last night was not good 24 hours later. Either way, what's done is done, and you're not feeling too terrible, so you think you might be able to make it to virtual drinks with the team after work. The screen on your hollow phone lights up and shows a new notification from one of the many dating apps that you have some new potential partners. Ooh. It's 2035 after all, and meeting people organically after the tribal wars of the 2020s has become nearly impossible since everything about who you appear to be rather than whom you really are is what's important. You've created the perfect profile, nothing too detailed, but enough information to dissuade any weirdos from finding interest in you if Uh, All of your views don't align. Political affiliation, hobbies, quirky statements, and sharp quips. The best possible interpretation of you in almost every possible way. Yet, for some reason, no luck. Ever. Every date you go on ends with apathy and immense criticism of the people you engage with. Everyone has resorted to wearing biosuits equipped with face masks and shaded face shields with the new outbreak of airborne Salma SARS flu Delta 532. And let's just say dating is impossible. You have an automated robo-partner at home, but the experience just isn't the same. What happened to the world? Where did humanity go? How did our distant ancestors find their life mates without the newest dating apps? Wasn't social media and finding people virtually supposed to be the future of love? Yeah. You know, people do have successful relationships after meeting online. Mm-hmm. But I would argue... This is 2035. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, this is this is the future. This is the future. Yeah, we're talking. This is we Sorry. we we're project. We are predicting. We're predicting the future. Uh, I do. I'm prepping right now for that new airborne. 
Uh, Salma, oh. SARS, flu, Delta, Phi, 32. That it looks, sounds Sounds dangerous. like an accurate name. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. But uh, yeah, no. I Today we're talking about dating apps and social media. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been able to determine that from the monologue. Or the title. Or the awkward cocaine-induced intro that we did for some reason. Yeah. Both well, of us completely well, sober. Is that really qualified as online dating when you go on a reality show? Um, mm. no, what? no, it's not. But it's still kind of the byproduct of that. I mean, how long has The Bachelor been around? Do we a know? Long, a long time. Do we know time. how long The Bachelor's been around? A long time. I think since the early 2000s. I'm pretty sure, actually. In fact, I think uh, I might be wrong about this, but I think the first person who won uh, is actually I've... still married to that person. And they have kids. And okay, two thousand two. So, oh yeah, and, and a long inter- time, twenty years. Well, interestingly enough, we were gonna have uh, we were gonna have a show about reality TV, which kind yeah, of spawned and the then idea. It spawned into this. Uh, we thought, you know, maybe I should watch all of Love Island first yeah. before we go into. A, well, we had to. We had to about that. Well, we had to do a show that the bull couldn't be on. This one would have just been awkward. Us talking about our relationships and you know making him feel like a third yeah. wheel. Oh, I don't want to. Poor do that. guy. I, I mean, mean, I mean, he did meet his wife online no i'm joking <laughs> naturally but uh no this is this is interesting because you're right social media is supposed to be about connecting with people right supposedly supposedly and i think it does connect with people just maybe not on the same level or in the same depth maybe as you would in person yeah i feel like you know especially with the past two years a lot of people went back home for, from work. They're working from home permanently now or in a hybrid situation. Um, a lot of online school. Think about all the teenagers who were like in high school or, or freshmen, sophomores in college who were sent home. Yeah. Maybe now who aren't ever going to go back to an in-person setting. I mean, think about um, you and I. We met in college. The wedding we went to this past weekend, our friends, they met in high school. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all of our friends that at least we know who are in relationships have met in person. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think every single one I'm of them. I'm pretty sure every single one of them has. And the only one where they were back online, how they met online, is because they were went to high school together and they reconnected yeah. online years later. So... Well, what's interesting, and I was I was I did a lot of research for this, and, and this, I, I want to be painstakingly clear about this episode for our viewers and our listeners i we us everyone here on the wolf and bull team we two of us uh we we are not condemning online dating or dating apps uh mm. with that being said my bias is probably going to be admitted later on i have personal preferences uh everyone does uh this is this is my show <laughs> so i'm gonna Just say to be what clear I want. okay um I'm voice gonna, voice your opinions in the, say com- want, in the okay? comment section. Charles Duchesne. Um, but uh, my, my whole point being is I, I thought it would be really interesting to dive into this because yeah. you and I, we didn't meet. We met organically mm-hmm. um, in the most awkward way possible. Organically as in person, we stumbled upon Well, I other. searched you on Google. Um, I typed in you did your look, name. You did ask me for my Facebook I did ask you for your yes, Facebook you did. Um, because I... That's how old we are, guys. Well, I'm pretty sure I gave you my... I didn't, <laughs> we you know, I didn't give you my number because I just got a new phone. That's why. No, what happened was you asked me for my Facebook. You asked my full name so you could add me on Facebook. And then we talked in Messenger. But and I then also, we got the phone number. I and also that's how we went didn't give you my number at that time because I had a new phone. I didn't know what my number was. But, was but the bottom line is I was very we nervous. met in person. We met in person. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I thought this would be interesting to dive into. Just kind of the online dating sphere. Uh, discuss, you know, where it currently is. Um, there's a lot of 
data we'll probably touch on, but I want to make this kind of laid back. Um, and a lot of this data is fungible. Well, I'm, I'm actually quite interested in this because like you said, we, we were, you know, together probably right in the beginning of, well, I mean, there was like eHarmony and all that stuff, but like the Tinder and stuff of the world. I'm sorry. No, no. At at the time time, you're right. I always thought of it as for older people, but, um, we were like at the very tip of the iceberg of like Tinder and Bumble and everything. What was that song that played during the eHarmony commercials? You yeah uh, yeah and then some dude with like white hair came in and be like are you single like do you want to meet people i think they own either bumble or hinge match group probably but um what what i was gonna say i'm I'm very interested in this because you and i haven't had personal experience we only have like third party um you know commentary through our friends who have uh, used or are using dating apps yeah so we we only have that perspective so i'm very interested in the actual data here because I don't know. It's just one of those things that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around if you've never had personal experience with it, because I think it is truly it it, it changes the game a lot. And um, I mean, I, I just from what I hear, it, it it personally would make me, I don't know, overwhelmed, I think. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's my personal perspective. Some people love it. Well, yeah. Uh, here's the thing is there's, uh, there's some data in here that I included. I, I didn't go so f- I didn't go in such a deep dive that I include like the owners of like. Um, most of the the dating platforms and all that. I didn't include any of that. It was mostly just statistics on dating. Um, And and we'll dive into it. Uh, So there's a few things that I I sourced. Um, Initial data is from Statista.com. During the past decade, consumer demand for internet dating services has increased significantly due to busy work schedules and the widespread use of internet and technology. Um, Now, obviously, a lot of this data is like 2020 before. Mm. Um, There's some 2021, but I have to imagine that the, the recent you know, few years have impacted this to a degree that is uh, uh, probably astonishing. Staggering, I would yeah. think. Um, I mean, uh, just think about it. How how were you going to meet anyone in 2020 unless you were, uh, I don't know, quote, breaking the rules? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously what was once coined the last attempt for the desperate and lonely um, is now considered mainstream. The current metrics for dating within the United States are as follows. Um, revenue. As of 2020, about $602 million uh, from dating online sites, apps. Uh, projected growth is $674 million in 2021, uh, $707 million in 2022, and $755 million by 2024. See. But I don't think that's accurate. I think it's probably more now because. I would, I would expect it to be, but also like think about how much money goes into dating. Mm-hmm. Not, not even, move the apps aside for a second. Taking someone out on a date that impresses them. A lot of money. Usually. You're not today. usually. Go- Some people like the, oh, let's go get sandwiches and go on a picnic. 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 <laughs> picnic. Picnic. Other people, you know, want to go out for a nice dinner. And yeah. think about it. If you're someone who likes to take people out on nice dinners or go out on nice dinners or whatever, and you're not having success and you're going over and over and over again. Probably more than you would go if you were by yourself. Oh my gosh! You're spending a lot of money. Spending a um, lot. Of well, money. interestingly enough, and this is something I just noticed. I didn't. I didn't. I don't believe I took this down in the notes. But uh, the first, number one date for most people, first off, is coffee. Yeah, it's just easy. I expect um, that. But uh, yeah, no, it has to be an inordinate amount of money for most people. Um, and. and uh, Online dating, one of the positives, it takes about 18 months for people to like get into a serious relationship and or marry, mm-hmm. whereas organically, it's about 42 for people. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so like three and a half years or more than that, a little yeah. more. 
Um, wow. uh, it will averages now. Granted, I'm sure this data is fungible. I'm but sure I people wonder if that's it. because a lot of people who meet quote organically or not online are meeting beforehand. when they're younger. Yeah, through friends, and so they're meeting when they're like teenagers. Um, not necessarily or very young adults. I think it's yeah. They're meeting as young adults. Um, and we we're gonna go through the metrics of relationships and age of marriage and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I think it, that's an interesting metric for me. I don't know whether that's positive or negative. Um, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, now the number of online dating users is about 44.2 million as of 2020, uh, estimated to be about 53.3 million by 2025. I'm sure that the numbers there may not be hundred percent accurate just because of the pandemic and all that nonsense. And how many people are using, I don't know how easy it is to do on like the three main, the three main ones I think of, I'm sure we'll talk about them are Tinder, Hinge and Bumble, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's like, you know, the other, how many people are catfishing, you know, how many fake accounts are there? Exactly. I mean, that's the, that's the question that everyone probably figured out in a roundabout way with Twitter. <laughs> um, sure. So I'm sure the same goes for all those. Um, and then obviously, you know, on the end of uh, U.S. smartphone dating uh, users, there's about 26.6 million as of 2019, estimated to be 25.7 million as of 2023. I'm not sure why it would drop. Um, so that's different than online dating. The smartphone dating app, that means it's actually an app, well, not an online like... It's comprised. Okay, uh, so, so it's, it's part a of it. So the 25.7 million is a part of the 44.2 million. Okay. Um, now, in 2021, Tinder currently held the highest number of downloads, which is about 1.146 million, um, followed by Bumble, which is about 564,000, Hinge, which is about 393,000, um, Badoo, which is around 200,000, Match is 125,000, and so on. Um, Where's this the is stats on Christian Mingle? Oh yeah, Christian Mingle <laughs> or farmers. I haven't even heard of some of these. Like, like coffee meets bagel. That's a weird. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of that either. That's a weird. Name. I just remember. Quick side note. Remember, you might years ago we were visiting my family in Kansas, and farmers we were watching only. TV. Is farmers it, only. Farmers only. Is that was yeah, called. The farmers there only. was a commercial on the TV for a local. I mean, Kansas oriented, but it was like a local commercials. You know, the ones where it's like obviously made by. A we were watching team. Joey Chestnut gobble when, hot dogs. It was on the 4th we of July. Doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and Man, that guy can I gobble I remember some this dogs. commercial and it was farmers only. I guess that's what it's called. It was a dating app. Yeah. Specifically for farmers. And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess that's nice and niche. If you're really someone who's like, I have to date. Well, or, or I know there's like on a larger scale grinder. Right. That's for gay men. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just thinking if you have like a very specific thing, you're looking at date. I think the niches are a little bit different there. Um, well, farmer versus like farmers are there really. Um, I I would love to know what the metrics are on that. Like, do you have to be a farmer to use farmers? only? I do think that the app grinder has more users than farmers only. I'm going to throw that guess out there. Well, grinder's not even on here. Um, which which I was surprised to see that. I don't know if if it's a dating app. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it would be considered a dating app. Well, um, neither one of us happened to be gay. That's men, like that's but... like uh, what was that one that got uh, that what's his name from the Duggars got in trouble with when it, uh, Ashley Madison? That was Ashley I don't Madison. necessarily know if that's a dating app. Either. Yeah, I don't that would know. be. I think there's a dis- differentiation between that because Grinder. I don't think it's specifically dating. I think it's a. Oh, is it just like a meetup? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, question. But yeah, so uh, very interesting. Um, obviously, you know these these apps comprise a large amount of individuals in the United States. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tinder doesn't surprise me as number one. Um, 
Now, taken from Vanderbilt.edu, in 2020, a survey of millennial dating app users in the United States revealed that 31% of respondents were using online dating services more than prior to 2020. Um, so if you were to redo, if you were to take that information again, I would assume it's probably higher now, mm. um, just with all the changes, uh, of all online dating users, about 47.6 are women and 54% are men. Ooh, that's quite the disparity there mm-hmm. actually. It, and interestingly enough, and we'll talk about this, but, uh, from the metrics of the United States, there are more women in the country than there are men. I was going to say, I don't know what the exact it's is, but 50. I, I think I knew there was 6. more women than men. So that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, the average courtship for marriages of people who met online was about 18.5 months, as I said a second ago, as opposed to 42 months for those who met offline. Now, I think the difference is there. Honestly, I think they really do come down to the fact that these people may have met through thing, uh, you know, individual people. And at the same time, I think people who utilize online dating as they're later in, you know, later in life, they're looking specifically for partners. Um, yeah, I think it also depends on the app. Because like I've heard certain things about specific apps where they're more geared towards those who are seriously looking for a relationship and others where it's like, I don't know, uh, you know, let's meet up and hook up or whatever. I've heard Let's that. meet up and have the coffee, meet the bagel. Um, <laughs> 21% of women sent a message after matching with their profile. Well, only 7% of men did the same, according to Cornell University in 2016. Not sure if that metric has changed at all. Are you okay? Did you choke on air? I did choke on air. Oh, good, good. That's, well, bad. That's bad. That's not good. Um, 93% of women only swipe right on profiles that they are attracted to. We'll talk about this in depth. Um, I think that that is interesting. And 90, only no, 93%. Sorry, I've got water all over my face. Uh, 33% of men said they casually like most profiles, um, even okay. when they are not attracted, also according to Cornell. Um, and hmm. only 53% of women wrote back to men who messaged them first. I don't know if we're talking about this later. You might have. But I know there, there's like a specific dating app where you women are required to actually message the guy first. <laughs> Which Sorry. is which uh, I I did choke on air a second ago. I hate to say that is uh, is really bad. Is is not a is a bad metric because most women. I don't know. Um, only four percent of women, and we'll talk about this. Only four percent of women prefer to do that in the country. Well, if they're on a specific app where they don't have a choice. It, well, yeah, but I think there are fundamental preferences, right? So maybe so, I think on your when you're on an app where you don't have a choice, yeah, they don't want to be usually well, we'll don't want to be the we'll person. Think about, who let me ask out. you. You're you're a woman. I'm a man. Uh, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're Would right. Would you prefer to go after a guy? Uh, preferentially, no. Exactly. So, so it, obviously, there's a disparity. Uh, I think actually, the actual metric is 16% women uh, prefer to go after men, and only 4% of men prefer that women go after them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's on here. We'll get to it. Um, but yeah, while, while doing my research on dating app and interaction metrics, I found some odd data from datingmetrics.com about dating in person that I think are worth chatting about before we dive into the online side of things. Let's get into it. Now, when women and men meet, there's diff- disparities between, you know, how long they prefer people reach out to them. Uh, for women um, on the same night, uh, they prefer only 13% of them prefer that men get in touch with them on the same night. For men, it's 16%. Okay, so equally low numbers. They don't want you to get in touch with them the first night, which I think, honestly, this is just maybe me. This is just maybe me. I don't, I don't care. I think that's so stupid. The whole back and forth texting thing. I, I think I, um, it's a sub, at least subconscious thing where 
it's more alluring maybe to is it? have i don't know it's hard thing. for me to say i'm not sure actually well here's the thing when i first met you if i didn't because you know, we we met each other early on in the year in political science class um and then you went on vacation for two weeks and i thought you just left the class and i was like okay well that hot girl left um bummer <laughs> yeah. and then you came back with a different hairstyle by the way i did uh, and i was like oh hot girl i think she's back is this a hot girl <laughs> Ugh, i think she's back um had i have not like pursued you out of the classroom i don't think we'd be married today um yeah but here's the thing here's the thing when you asked for my facebook you did not message me back right away or were no what what actually happened what actually happened was you asked for my facebook you did message me we had like a like a five or six message back and forth and then you gave me the wrong number yeah i I was smooth with it boys (laughs) and and you said text me so I did text you and it was yeah. the wrong number. Well, that the, the moral of the story, Kings, is always look out for yourself. She could have she could have been a serial killer. I gave her the wrong number on purpose. Um, poor, poor person. Exactly. Yeah. I put it in your court and <clears throat> and, and you actually you corrected. So, boom. well, either way, I all I'm saying is um, you you didn't you didn't chase after me you didn't chase quote. You did not follow me out of class the first day, though. No, because I no, not at all. At the same time, though. And he didn't even the second time I saw you. It was the third time. Yeah, third term's a charm, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and it was uh, it was every Thursday our class was. So there was a little bit of a Yeah, there was like a three-week gap. Yeah, there was a three-week gap. Um, <clears throat> now, obviously, uh, for men, uh, about 49% of them prefer to get in touch the next day. 46% of women want them to get in touch with them the next day. Uh, so similar metrics there. Uh, two days later, uh, 14% of men, only 30% of women which is interesting. 10% of men, uh, three days later, 6% of women, and then 11% of men, four days plus, 5% of women. Four so days you plus. Hear, heard it here first, folks. If you are in the online dating scene, wait no, one... No, this is in person. This is in person. So if I met you at a bar, this is in-person data. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So this is, so this is, this is why I think it's interesting. Now, granted... Uh, next day makes sense. Uh, I think that's just common. Like if you're out and about, you text I think next day. day makes sense. It, it makes sense that that's 46% for well, women. The, the, the thing that makes it, that's interesting to me is that the numbers go down substantially after that. Um, and I guess the whole purpose of this discussion is to really talk about and dive into, uh, I guess what's preventing people in a lot of ways from finding uh, potential partners. Um, obviously we don't have answers. I'm not a clinical, you know, psychologist. I, I'm not a. Bio- not? I'm not a biologist. You're not. I'm not a biologist. Oh, I have um, no idea. If anyone knows that reference, that changes things. Uh, I, I just, I, I simply, I'm not a biologist, right? Um, so obviously, you're not a dating coach. I'm not a dating coach. You're I don't not have an alpha Chad dating coach. Well, I'm actually, my name's Chad Chaz Duchet, so I'm an alpha <laughs> Chad. Um, but uh, honestly, it, I think there are a lot of things that people put in place due to these type of things that kind of holds them back in some ways. Um, mm. Obviously, that's my innate opinion i could be completely wrong about all this um but i just thought that was interesting stuff to bring up now 89 percent of women want to be contacted within the first 48 hours only six percent of women think the three-day rule is okay which doesn't make a whole lot of sense mm, i well here's the thing if it's same day well what are, here's the thing what are you looking for i mean no 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 same you know why same day is throws me off a little bit because you meet somebody and you know it's unlikely it's in the morning but maybe it's in the morning if it's same day in my head i'm trying to rationalize this i would think if they text me that night it's like 
or call me that night. It's weirder. Well, they wouldn't call you. They'd text you. My question is like, yeah, but so it's like, I, why, why you text me? Well, if I met you in the morning, say we're both like out in a jog and I meet you at a coffee shop and I, we get in a conversation, I ask for your number. And then like in the afternoon I say, Hey, this is Cam. Great meeting you earlier today. Here's my number. If you ever want to chat. I think that's fine. See what I'm However, saying? it would be better. I think if you let it marinate for a day, I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's just like a, I don't know. A mating ritual, yeah, but, I think, but I think it's a socially imposed mating ritual. I think people get that from movies. I don't think that's a legit. I, thing. I do think that there is a part of it that comes from that. I would say it originated entirely but I also think it, from movies. It also gives you that sense of like anticipation, and also a sense of oh, they are interested because it's the next day. They yeah. thought about, it, they slept on it, and they they're like, oh yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, but in at this the same, person. but at the same time, I mean, if I text you my number, if I say, hey, this is Cam, it was great meeting you today. I don't think there's something wrong with that. I think that this is entirely based off of movie interpretation, which is back to my point that we've made with the the bull in other episodes that people allow fantasy to dictate what they, they think is reality. I mean, that's true. I, uh, everyone wants their Hallmark movie, right? Yeah. But my point, my point being is that if that's a, a rule created by a producer in Hollywood, it's not really a rule. It's completely made up. I, I, I think this depends on the time of day they reach out the first day. Like I would be very, I would be super annoyed if I meet someone and they text me at like 10 o'clock that night or like late at night. No, it makes I, it seem I, like they're not serious. They're just looking for I a totally get call. where you're coming from. But I, I still think that the whole texting day thing has always been weird. I, I like, where does well, that come from? You and I are, are also people. The only time we text each other is memes. I don't think that's relevant though. Well, I, I think, like we, but, but the thing is, Think about it. If you're in your late 20s and you've dated on and off and dated mm-hmm. a bunch of different people throughout yeah. your 20s and you probably had your fair share of weird incidences or people, men and women, you know, uh, once you get to a point where you're like, I just seriously want to meet someone that's not a weirdo or isn't trying to take advantage of the situation just for sexual gratification or whatever. Yeah, you're probably not going to like if someone reaches out to you uh, at at night, I keep thinking about if yeah, but, but I think we're talking. Night. I think we're talking around each other. I think my, my question is, what's the purpose of the disparity of time? If it's an hour after I meet you and I send a text, hey, this is my number. Great talking to you today. That's not weird. People do that all the time with meeting people. Now, if it's a hey, you want to get coffee sometime? Totally understand that that's a little bit different. Okay, that's next different. Day, next I guess... day, well, let me let me finish for a second. Next day makes sense, but my point being is, I think people get on these things. Because they came from a certain place. I specifically remember when we were kids in high school, this being a rule. So my question is, where the hell did the rule come from? Like, did it come from a movie? Did it come from uh, something socially that was based in data? Is there metrics there? Are we just all living by some sort of made up rule? It might be just, um, yeah, I guess. Well, in high school, at least for me, it was always game related. Like it was always playing games with the person. That sounds so effed up, but it's true. Yeah, but where, but again, but <clears throat> that, that, that's still, that's fine. But the, what is the, where did the game originate? Like, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a human psychological uh, how, power struggle. Maybe how? I don't know. But but that's so back to that. How is that a power struggle? And I, I know you don't know, and I don't I, know. Well, but. I also I I do want to backtrack for a second and say I really do think it has something to do with the anticipation of it. Yeah, but I think that has more more to do with seeing the person as opposed to them connect, connecting with you. Because because here's well, the thing. if you're someone who often connects online or through text or whatever. Is it just, uh, a, do you know I, I the think difference anymore? I think it's made up. I think this entire, I think these metrics that people have, that they have pulled out of nowhere, 
I think a lot of it's made up. I think it's taken from from culture mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like movies and entertainment. I could be wrong. That's just my perspective. Um, but I do think it was interesting. Now, the reason I bring that up is because a lot of these things that you you brought up a second ago, people want you know their movie, right? They want they want to feel like they're in a movie, which is very obvious. <laughs> In a lot of ways in American society. Everyone wants their fairy tale, whether it's a Disney fairy tale or a Hallmark movie or a, I mean, if you're someone who, your fairy tale is a weird porn, I don't know, but I don't know what people are into. And my fairy tale is a weird porn. That's weird. (laughs) My fairy tale was always like Cinderella when I was a kid, right? Yeah. So here's the thing with Cinderella is there was that gap in time to when she saw the prince, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I understand that. I understand that. Text message and introducing yourself, contacting, I don't think that's the same thing. I think that this is just an interesting thing that, you know, maybe uh, Teen Vogue magazine type stuff and, and entertainment through movies has brought about for through some way, shape, or form. Like, I've never, ever understood or have, and maybe I'd love to find out where, like, that r- rule came from because I feel like it came from a movie. But um, I feel like that really kind of narrows the gap for a lot of people too it's like okay so the person has to reach out to you within 48 hours or they're not a viable mate mm. huh i think it's just optics yeah but, but of optics. how interested they are in you and how busy they okay, actually are so i meet you at a coffee shop my family dies the next day in a horrible plane crash i text you two weeks later and you don't respond i actually that's weird i know <laughs> We'll I'm keep, not going to well, go into the details. That's weird, though. But I know it, something similar that happened, but, and the person like jumped down their throat, and it was for something like that. Well, but here's the thing. The yeah. reason that's weird is because not only does that pigeonhole you, it pigeonholes the other person. Because if the person really likes you, they'll find you at some other point. I mean, like this whole X amount of days thing is nonsense. Because it's like, okay, well, if someone doesn't reach out to you the next day to go on a date, maybe it wasn't the right time. I mean, like yeah. you're, 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 you're putting yourself in a box. Well, it's also... Um... You have to consider people's schedules, right? I mean, think about how often you don't text your friends back. I often don't. Sometimes yeah. I won't even, like, I'll, they'll text me and I'll look at it and I'll be in the middle of something. I'll be cooking or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, I'll get back to it. I forget. And then, like, three days later, I think of something I need to send to them. And then I realize I never answered their question so, or never responded to what they said. So interesting here, and this is what's interesting to me, is men's statistics start at 16% and they end at 11%. So it goes 16, 49, 14, 10, 11 from one day to four days plus. Mm-hmm. Women go 13, 46, 30%, 6, 5. So at almost every metric outside of the second day, they are slightly less than men. And men half. are pretty spread out. Right? Well, like, obviously, next day is the largest. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. the other four are pretty even. Mm-hmm. And women drop by half. So so what's interesting there is I think, as you were saying, there's that desire to, you know, like, whether someone's interested. But again, I feel like this is detrimental for a lot of people. Would this have something to do with... Now, this is just something that came to the top of my head. Men are usually expected to get in touch first, Right. Could the extra days be plucking up the courage to reach out? No. You don't think so? No, I don't. I think if someone has the, 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 the and, and specifically on the men's side, I'm going to say balls, to, to reach out to you and get your number, I think that they, they're willing to reach out to you any time. I think the problem is that there's this perception that if I reach out to you two days later, it's the perfect pers- time to reach out to you. But if I reach out to you two weeks later, it's not. It's like, okay, uh, why, why is why is the time that I reach out to you or you reach out to me predicated off of an amount of days we don't know each other? So I could forget that I met you and then be like, oh, wait a second, that chick was really cute and really cool to talk to. That's still positive. You still have an opportunity there. So that's just I thought was interesting. Well, I also think it's interesting because, yeah, okay, sure. 
I think you're cute. I, oh, I met you at the grocery store the other day. Got your number. Work's been crazy. That was Monday night. It's now Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, you're free to grab coffee tomorrow morning. Uh, it's it. You guys don't know each other, mm-hmm. right? First impressions are everything. Okay, well, here's the thing. I see, even as a married woman, handsome men all the time. How dare you, you see beautiful women How all the dare time. You? I don't. Do they do they make this huge mark with you when you no. have a brief conversation with someone? I think that's a very rare case. Usually it's just like, wow, spark of interest. Um, but we all have lives. Well, that's why I mean that and that's the position I take when people have these grandiose statements of love and at weddings. I think that's fine for them to have. But there's a it's it's a white lie type thing for me. Um, you know, you yeah, can say I think what it's you need very, to say. I think it happens sometimes, but it's extremely rare. Love at first sight, I don't think it happens at all. I think I think you can't love someone unless you know someone. I mean, infatuation yeah, is what everyone, I would say. Yeah, attraction. Very rarely do you become infatuated with someone in five minutes, okay? Yeah. Well, and, anyway, yeah, uh, I just think it's interesting. But uh, women actually lose interest in men or will lose interest in men after, after five days if men don't get in touch. Apparently, 21% of men are blowing their chances by waiting more than three days, which I, I still think is a metric that's fungible and stupid. Um, well, well, also, women usually have um, many more suitors than men do. So yes. if you are waiting plus five days or whatever, maybe it's she's not interested more because someone else already reached out to her that she's into now. But I think it's also a matter of quality, right? Because if I sit down with you and I think that you're a quality mate, I'll reach out to you at any given time. It doesn't matter. Like this whole, I, I think this biding time thing, I'm not saying you shouldn't be, you know, early bird gets the worm. I get it. But I'm not saying, what I'm saying is that they shouldn't, there shouldn't be this like weird social predicate that like you have to or requirement that you have to reach out within a certain amount. That's nonsense. I don't think there's any science behind that. I think that's all perspective and, and subjective to anecdotal experience uh, and, and maybe cultural influence. Um, and then obviously uh, if you're super hot, um, two days, you get two days if you're in demand. Well, yeah, but my point. But again, again, though, qualifiers, quality, the quality of someone is based more off of who they are than what they look like. And, and this is something I'm going to dive into on this is because the, the, a lot of the data is really weird here. Um, the perception of being a hot babe if you're a narcissist could be incorrect. So it's like you've got this weird influx of people who think they're super, super, super desirable but may not be, and then people who are super, super desirable but then give people opportunity and chances. You're talking about like desirable from a social norm perspective? The hot girl standard, yes. Okay, sure. Um, In high demand. So uh, 60% of women actually flake on the first date because of needy texts from men. Texting habits that make women flake on the first date are desperate and needy texts, 60%. Talking dirty too much, 44%. Revealing jealous traits, 24%. Not funny or playful anymore, 24%. Or try to fix the date too soon, 10%. Now, here's the problem I have with these metrics. Uh, I don't believe any of them. And the reason I say that is because I think that these metrics are subjective. How are you supposed to... And now, granted, there are some instances where someone is too needy. I get it. But there's also some instances where you are reading too much into the text. It's text. It's not over call. You can't tell tone. You can't tell if someone has intent. Now, granted, there are some strange weirdos that get a little weird on the text messages. I'm not saying that doesn't exist because it does. We all know dick pics have been around for way longer than they should be. Um, With that being said, though, I think a lot of this is predicated off of the uh, observational um, self-observational awareness of not wanting to sound like a prick, if that makes any sense. Um, I think that women, because of some certain social instances, uh, have 
and men as well on the inverse. This happens to both sexes. Um, I think that they have developed some social societal norms that aren't very normal. Um, like if I'm texting you and having a conversation without you with you throughout the day and you in- interpret that as being needy, you're assuming. Well, yeah, but I don't, I don't necessarily think of that as I agree with you. I agree with you that mm-hmm. they're like, you know, it's just however you would interpret these, but I would not consider if I'm having a conversation back and forth, I wouldn't consider that needy and desperate. When I think of needy and desperate, I do think of people, you know, I, I don't necessarily have my DMs uh, uh, flooded these days, but like the random offshoot guy who've never met before sends like a bunch of hearts saying like you're this, that, and the other thing that's just ridiculous. That's the kind of desperate and needy text I think. Cause I, you know, from the it's friends just, who've showed me the things they get. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Well, my, my, my point usually being, it's, it starts off like that. So there's, yeah. So, so if it starts out off that way, then there wouldn't be a date. So my point being 60% flake on the first date. So I, here's the thing. The reason I don't think that that metric is accurate is because one, there's more women in the country than men, which means that they're, you know, are, they have more opportunity in that instance from, well, not necessarily, they have less opportunity, but there's less women on social media and dating platforms than there are men. So they have more opportunity for dates. So I think what actually happens is a, uh, they're suffering from, uh, maybe too much opportunity too many choices yeah i would argue that's true most women have an abundance of choices which Mm -hmm. is you know i think pretty normal these days no matter who you are there's gonna be men online who who, there's gonna be men online who want to talk to you and and a lot that honestly want to be kind of gross and crude Mm -hmm. with you however the the thing that that sets me back is it says flake on a first date are they saying like ghost to this person or just doesn't go on the date with them? Is that what... I mean, uh, I'm not sure what the flake on the I mean, flake just means doesn't mean. show up. So... Okay. Well, yeah. Also, there might be a bit of a... And speaking as a woman, I can attest to this, I think. There might be a bit of a self-preservation thing here if they mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable. Sure. And they're going on a date with someone who's larger than them or sure. whatever. They, they're just trying to have a little bit of self-preservation. I'm not saying well, it's always the right thing to do. Sometimes no, there all. are plenty of nice guys that get stood up for not you know, they didn't deserve well, I, it. I think, I guess the point that I'm, I'm getting at is there's a lot of contradictions, right? So, so, and we'll talk about this in the data and obviously we don't know. I, again, I'm, this is opinion and this, and I want to make it very clear that I think the, the data is the problem. And then because the data is the problem, there is an adverse reflect in the adverse effect societally. Um, when it comes to, to women's perspectives on what they should do or what they do, deemed to be appropriate same with men i think this data people look at um i think people actually observe this data prior to getting into the dating scene and i think it has a big impact on how people perceive things like if i'm a guy and i'm single and i know 60 percent of women are gonna flake on me the first date you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna flake on first date yeah 60 percent six out of ten that's terrible it's a lot and those are the ones who, you know, you match with or you're talking uh-huh. to, right? And that have agreed to go on the date with you. So it, it's it's not a matter of, I get your self-preservation thing. That would make sense if the data didn't support an interest in men above the, the height of six feet, which we'll talk about. 73% of women want That's that. That's very true. 73% of women want that. And the average height of men in the United States is five foot nine. And there's only 14% of men in the country that are above six foot. I'm sorry to all the short kings. So, so, so my point being is from a, from a perspective of women, even though on online profiles, they are, are online dating. They are desirable because they're less of them use it 47 to 54. 
they're going after a pool of men that's almost non-existent. Yeah, I'm just th- I'm just thinking at this at the perspective is say for whatever reason, God, I hope not. <laughs> Very happily married, I have uh, this opportunity to go on a dating app one day. Ugh. I really don't want to, but I'm, go the, I'm just trying to think from that perspective because I don't have any personal experience myself. So I would be mostly concerned personally with my safety. Yeah. So if I'm looking at this data from that perspective, that's what my initial thought is. Sure. Like someone made me uncomfortable so, with how they were texting. I guess the reason or, or the how reason, I interpreted something, but that would make me uncomfortable enough. Yes. To not go. Well, the reason I say this is because that's not reflected in that metric. Maybe they didn't have it. No, I know that's just, that's just what I can, um, I don't know. Assume. Right. Um, and now on average, there are 1.4 men chasing every one woman, which is interesting. Um, there are less men in the country, which would make sense. There's an ample pool of women. At the same ten men, time, men are also hardwired in a lot of ways to have that mentality, especially at a younger age. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, 2.6 men chasing women who are chasing women who go out twice a week. So that means they're meeting them at bars or restaurants or doing activities. Mm-hmm. Um, four men chase every one hot babe. So every hot babe has a four to one ratio. So if you see a hot girl, you can assume there's at least four, four guys who are interested in actively pursuing her. Yeah. Okay. Now the top seven we- w- reasons why women reject men include, and I believe this is when you're out and about just to clarify, uh, one, they had a poor conversation Two, the guys too drunk. Uh, three is too full on. So too interested. Uh, four is not attractive. Five uses a pickup line. Uh, and oh, I forgot the percentages. Number one, which had a poor conversation, is 44%. Mm-hmm. Number two, the person's too drunk, is 41%. Number three is too full-on, is 27%. Number four is not attractive, is 21%. Uh, number five, uses a pickup line, 16%. Number six, approaches at a bad time, which is 14%. And number seven, is badly dressed, which is 6%. Um, so those are the seven reasons why me- uh, women reject men. Now, I think there are some metrics here that are inaccurate. I think um, that... In a lot of ways, and this is uh, shown, this was shown in the data, but I didn't think to put it together. Uh, women oftentimes go in groups the younger they are to meet men. So mm-hmm. it's normally a four to four girl ratio to one guy. And as they get older, the groups get smaller. So 28 yeah. years old is about two women instead of four. Now, that's probably because as women get older, they're normally in relationships. Um, I would normally. think as, yes, and I would also say... um usually less naive yeah and so less likely to go because i think i i think there's a lot of um like i said mm self-preservation there when you're younger so you have bigger in numbers go to the bathroom with a group you know you don't go usually go alone with a guy and as you get older usually women are more likely to carry weapons in their purse or, or or pepper spray or whatever um they're they're more likely to reject someone even in an uncomfortable situation i think you need to but here's the thing is i think you need to remove some of the safety inhibitors here and the reason i say that is because if you're going strictly from a safety perspective am i looking at this too practically (laughs) you're no you're looking at this impractically in my opinion because if you go from a safety perspective you're living in a world of total fear why would you go out in the first place to meet anyone when it comes to women going out from observational experience being out and about at a bar going to a college bar as i said normally they go out in bigger groups now the reason i bring this up is because the rejection metrics i think are flawed significantly Because as a younger guy, when I would go and meet girls prior to meeting you in high school and stuff like that, you were always judged by the entire group as opposed to the one girl. And if the entire group's impression of you 
be it for accuracy or because they all liked you, inhibited their opinion of you, they would tell that one girl that they knew you liked that you're not an option. And the reason I say this is because often, from my experience, and this could be wrong, this could be wrong, I could be totally out in left field but here. Why, well, I think there's more competition amongst women than there is amongst men when it comes to men, mates. My personal opinion. Um, well, yeah, if you're looking at a pool of people and you want someone, I mean, think about women typically, and I don't think I'm stretching any sort of truth here. I do not have the actual data in front of me, but they mm. typically, um, mature a little faster. I'm not saying when they're 18 or 19, I'm just saying typically, um, you find women more ready for like adult responsibilities a mm. little earlier than, than men for the most part. Um, so if you look at it from that perspective, yeah, they're competing for the person who best fits that profile, but I, I don't disagree with you on the group sort of at least heavily influencing the person. However, I still think that pertains to why the group doesn't like whoever was it a poor conversation? Were you too drunk? What's interesting here is I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but when you talk about the women, is too drunk is another top reason men aren't interested, right? Um, no? no, this is specifically women. That, that, oh, they didn't oh have, sorry. Like, they didn't have a lot of metrics on guys. This was specifically taken from the Well, the drunk thing is interesting because, you know, a lot of people say you meet people at a bar or at a club yeah. or at a party or mm-hmm. whatever, and there's usually alcohol involved in all three of those things. Um and it's interesting that is too drunk is a reason most people get turned down. So it's like you're well, really playing a game with alcohol here. Um, you that's can easily, Yeah, you can easily push the limits, it looks like. Well, I think that uh, the reason I say that is because there, there, you said there's heavy influence. And I think that that heavy influence, whereas it's um, – I guess we could use my, me for, for a good example. I obviously can't dive into any of your, any of your friends' minds. But when we first met and we first went to, you know, a, a date together in, in Huntington Beach and I met a bunch of people with your friends, uh-huh. uh, there was definitely a, 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 a apprehension, right? Oh, there like was there, an evaluation. There's an evaluation. Yeah. So it's different when I was invited with you to go to that thing. We'd already gone on a date by ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'd met you organically by ourselves. It was you and I. It was never you and three other girls. And I was sort and of like intent on dating you at that point. Exactly. So, But I was, does, was introducing you to my friends. Yes. yes so that's different. If I'm at a bar and it's you and three other girls and in the back of their minds, you're competition to them, why would they give you any advice? Um, I don't think it's always just that. I do think that can happen sometimes. Sure. I However, think it happens more than you think. I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm a woman. I know we can be catty. I know we can be vicious. I know that we are, in fact, the real monsters of the world sometimes. No, <laughs> I, no you guys are the smart ones. I didn't say we were the smart, the ones. smart ones. We're smart monsters. Yeah. Um, however, I do think that there's been plenty of times I've been out with friends where a guy comes up and he's just acting strange or being, and that, that person usually the, the opinions will align there. Yeah. However, um, I don't think it happens as often as you're implying that they're just like, I want him for myself, so no, no, he's no, not no. Good I'm not for saying you. it happens all the time. I'm saying it probably happens more than they report. And obviously, I mean, that's not... maybe, but I also think that if that's going to happen 
most people, if they're going to do something like that, it's because they are going to have an opportunity. They're not just going to shut it down and everyone walks away and no one gets them. So that's my, my point. And so the question I have is, and this is just an observational question. This is not like a, a position that I, I take innately. I just observationally think it probably happens more than we may think. No one's going to self-report that. Just like no one's going to self-report that they, they lie about certain things. So obviously only, you know, key research and all these data metrics can only go so far. I just think that observationally I've, when I was younger, I saw it. Um, like I, 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 yeah, I, I too, I totally, I think, I think in certain settings, you're totally right. I think maybe like in high school settings or, but, but what is college or high school? It's the same. I'm just saying when I go out to a bar with my single girlfriends, we're always looking out for each other. I'm going back to the safety thing again. I'm sorry, but that is truly at the forefront of our minds. Oh, sure. Like we don't want you to go off with someone who we think is going to kill you. Yeah, but but at the same time, like, and this again to to question, play devil's advocate for your safety perspective. If that's the case, why are you out at a bar? Because you're not going to know if someone's going to kill you straight out. I mean, the, okay, if you take that it, perspective, why do you say, why but, do you buckle up and drive a car? You could crash. Different. That's different. The car, the seatbelt, you're operating the car. Right? Then why so, do you get in an Uber? Still different. There's a camera in the Uber. If I sit down mm. with you, if I sit down with you and I meet you and I'm nice, I mean, this is why Ted Bundy was successful to be on a serial killer aspect. Ted Bundy went he into was, people's rooms when again, they were asleep. He was successful because he was likable. People never suspected him. So if we were to talk about that, I, I don't necessarily, I get your safety thing and I think it's viable. I just don't think that every single woman is thinking about that at all points of time. Because if they were thinking about that, then every single guy is subject to scrutiny that is beyond measure i don't think that's reasonable if that were the case why would women do why would men or women ever have sex together after going to the bar it's it's very common so so my i know whole, it's common so my whole point is if that's the case then why would that happen how do you determine whether someone's a creep or not by 15 minutes of interaction you don't it might not be thought of as most as much as i think about it but i'm also coming from a perspective of where i've been with the same guy since i was 17 years old who's that i don't know yeah. Not you. Um, yeah. Way to make it weird, by the way. She was turning 18 in like a month. I didn't Oh my gosh. Know. Was 19. Um, All I meant by that was we were in freshmen college. in college. We were both in college. Jeez. <laughs> I was wearing, I was, we were both, we met, never mind. Way to make it weird. And we <laughs> you gotta, made and it weird. Welcome I wasn't to the Wolf and Bowl podcast. Weird. This is weird now. Um, <laughs> anyone, anyway, I, I don't know. I, I am, oh I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more, uh, uh, I'm a little bit more, uh, skeptical of what we're talking about but still um it's interesting it'd be interesting to know if that were true or not um 81 percent of women don't reject men immediately um they give them a chance first so about 20 percent of women will reject you early on i think that which is interesting yeah but i also i've talked to you about this before off podcast but i'll just bring it up now too i think women are less are, are more likely to look past maybe physical attributes that don't meet their standard if the conversation's good, you know what I mean? I know you mentioned like the six That's foot true. thing. Yeah. No. We'll talk about that. We talk, sure. We'll talk about that. Um, like I think that if you meet someone in person and yeah, you know, you've always wanted like this six foot plus dude, whatever. And this guy shows up and he's, you know, like whatever, five yeah. foot seven. And he's like really, really engaging and charismatic and you guys are getting along. I think they're more likely women are more likely to throw toss that out and be like, Oh, I'm definitely well, going to give this guy a chance. That is true. That's reflected by data. Men are between the two sexes um, or however you want to take it, multiple sexes or whatever viewpoint you have. Um, uh, men are much more interested in physicality. Women are, are, are less vain in that aspect. Uh, maybe more vain on their own personal perspective, which I don't know how that measures up. 
excuse me. Um, <laughs> I think guys are, are, are less like to, uh, are le- guys are less likely to, uh, sorry, alcohol. And what am I, I'm drinking alcohol for a reason, guys. Uh, I think guys are, are less likely to compromise in some ways. I think women are more likely to compromise because um, the values are, are different. Um, but uh, when Would it comes that have to something to do with our physiology, like with our um, maybe, maybe there's no difference between mm-hmm. us, though. So I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, when it comes to rejection, they didn't really preface this. I have to imagine it has to be out in person um, because the rest of it was. But my, my question is like, what is it based on? Is it like on dating apps? Is it, is it reflected across the board? Like, is this in person and online? That metric is probably different, but it wasn't reflected in this data specifically from Statista. So I wasn't I wasn't too sure. Um, one thing I will say is that you know, online dating, um, the apps and the, 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 the profiles is very similar to gambling addiction. I mm-hmm. mean, like the game itself is to find new people and, and the companies don't, they don't want you to find somebody. They want you to continue using well, the platform. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, 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 how much money you said earlier, how much money these a apps lot, make a lot of money. It's the same thing. So it's the same conundrum you get with basically any industry, right? That makes a huge amount of money. Um, I mean, you could you could wade into these waters with anything, anything yeah. from, you know, pharmaceuticals to makeup to skincare to blah, yeah. blah, 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 insurance blah. doesn't want you to use the insurance. Right. Yeah. So so you need some success. But how much success do you need? Because once the success is there, your product is no longer needed. It's like it's why people get into uh, industries like granola bars, because you're just going to keep eating them. You know what? Until you die, would, you're going to eat. Why would your brain go to I don't know. I'm just saying, so like, when you find someone that you fall in love with on a dating app, you're, I would hope, going to delete the dating app and not use it anymore and yeah. not spend any money on a rose or whatever you have to do these yeah, days yeah. on those things. So, yeah, it's just, it well, is it, a gambling well, addiction, well, too. Think, it's like a swipe, right? Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing is that I don't think people understand that the preference, uh, the preface, well, they maybe they do subconsciously. But it's not display. The preface of online dating, dating apps is not to help you find somebody. They'll say that it is, but it's not. I mean, if everyone found someone, they'd be out of business. So the idea is to perpetuate a system in a lot of ways that I don't think works. And, well, and, here's, the, and here's the thing. What I mean by that is the implications of dating apps, and we'll talk about this in a second, are incredibly, incredibly surface level. And a lot of individuals will get rejected and thus, from a societal standard, be discriminated against purely based off of image. And it, the variables are different for men and women. We'll talk about this. But I, I think it's a game that's a, a net negative overall because this translates This translates into interactions with people like naturally in real world. I mean, this people translate. They, they go on the dating app and then they apply this principle subconsciously in the real world. They'll see someone that isn't up to the standard that they see at the dating app. They'll be like, ah, person, we're not compatible. Well, what do you know about that person? Ah, nothing. How do you know then? And this this goes back to what I was talking about with you a, a second ago with whether, you know, uh, women and men, they give each other opportunities. A lot of this is based off of pseudoscience. A lot of it's based off of um, observational and anecdotal opinion. Anagrams and zodiac signs? Uh, uh, space racism, yeah. Um, so a lot of this is based off of a lot of things that are kind of nonsense. And there are implications. There are implications to, to, to not having a partner um, from a humanist standpoint. Um, and we're not trending in a direction that's positive for, for, for a lot in a lot of ways. Um, but again, I, I think that it's just interesting because a lot of these, these, this, these data points are, are so just surface level and they're applied. I mean, you can see it how often, I mean, when was the last time you had a conversation with a stranger that wasn't the most boring, 
how's it going? Good. Yeah. You get I my mean, point? Like, it, like there was a time when people had to meet people prior to any of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were conversations to be had with strangers. Yeah. Through think, most of I human think, history. I think generally most people tend to shy away from speaking to strangers for whatever reasons, but it does still happen. But how Not often does it, you know, again, I haven't been on the dating scene, so I don't know. But how often does someone ask for your number when you meet in line at the grocery store? Well, again, that's uh, that's that's what I'm getting at is these things have community implications. I mean, not to say that we should just start asking anyone for numbers. I'm not saying that. I'm just merely saying that if you are on a dating app and your interaction with someone on the dating app is purely based off of visual experience and curated responses that they took time to curate so it didn't sound weird. Are you then, talking about like on their profile? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the, your profile is not accurate. Like, the, like, like, it's like, it's like with MySpace. Nothing on MySpace really, was accurate. You're aging us now. I mean, well, it's, it's a Facebook, Instagram. None of it's accurate in any way. People are like, uh, it's, it's you hilarious. You definitely put your best foot forward. It's what, your best foot or a foot that doesn't exist. And the reason I Depends. say this is because, and the reason I say this is because I think people read these metrics. If I'm a five, nine guy, you think I'm going to be telling people my height? No, you're going to say you're five, ten. No, you're going to say you're six foot. Yeah. Well, so, I so, always so, tell my friends, I'm like, if it says six foot, they're probably five. So, so something. when it comes to, when it comes to women, the inverse could be said as well. Oh yeah. It's so, just so, like your so, driver's license. Take 10 pounds off. So we're creating a world in which people are predicating their interactions with potential mates. Cause you're only allowed around for so long. Like you don't have an indefinite amount of time here. And when it comes to men, we do, when it comes to procreation, mm-hmm. I can go until I'm like 95. I'll be fine. No, you can go women, to the day you die. Yeah, women, they can't. So so we're creating this 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 weird circle in society in which there are people that are interested in being in relationships with people, but only predicated off of measures that are completely and totally fabricated and superficial that then are not giving themselves the opportunity to meet someone because something on someone's profile said something that they didn't agree with. And then the visual aspect of the profile isn't curated to the standards that they've been told that they should like. Invert, And then finally, when it gets to the point of going on a date, their opportunity to meet a mate, 60% of them flake because of A, safety, or because the texts were too needy based off interpretation. Men don't show up because they realized well they have all the power in the situation if they're an attractive guy because they have they're they're they are they're a dwindling number when it comes to social media and online dating women inversely hot babes have all the power so there's an even lesser chance of those individuals meeting someone who's up to their standards because their standards are so unbelievably unrealistic that they can't meet anyone anyway if you're a woman whose standards are six foot and above for guys if only 53 percent of men in the country are on social media and only 14 percent of men in the country are six foot and above you have to imagine the number of that 53 percent is like three percent something ridiculous like that it is like so the golden so, egg so if you're if you're putting yourself into a dating app, well here's right? the thing women they they prefer that and, and we'll get into this second i don't want to get too off the board they prefer that but the data is weird it's it's like it's con- it's contradictory um but yeah i mean i think all of this is visual and it, it the idea is to get you to keep using the app more and more. It's to, to, to convince you that the perfect person in your mind exists in real life. They don't. I, I hate to say that. They don't. Are you saying I'm not perfect? No, I'm saying no. Well, <laughs> I, yes, I'm actually, kidding. You're not perfect. I'm joking. I, I, what have I done? Um, no, my, my point being is is there were things about you that I, I absolutely love and I still love. And I loved when I met you and I will love till the end of my life. Um, but there are also things that I didn't know about you when I met you mm-hmm. that didn't really matter. 
But to some people, they do. But they were disappointing. No. Stop. <laughs> you're not going to win this, pal. Um, so I think in my opinion, if you're not considered conventional, conventionally or unconventionally um, beautiful by social standards, uh, social media and dating is, 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 is fixed against you. Um, dating apps introduce a litany of problem, problems that are automatically discriminatory. I mean, we're talking about the height. We're talking about the visual aspect of it. I mean, I was reading something online that says that you should have other people pick your photo. Yeah, well, I mean, I have my my friends will send me photos and say, "Should I put this on my?" I, I, I agree, app? but they, but I'm I'm saying that this whole thing is based purely off of a thing that is not accurate. If you pick a photo of me that's from five years ago, uh, the age is not going to be well, there. Well, think pal. about how easy it is to edit photos. I mean, it is. It's truly very simple. So, so all this is predicated off of nonsense. I mean, people don't always use edited photos further. They don't. I have on good standing. I've seen dating apps where they aren't edited photos. I don't believe you. I'm not. I think I'm, I I'm think serious. there's a small amount of people that don't use unedited photos because editing Maybe. the photo gives you an advantage, which the problem again, back to the gambling aspect, much like someone in a gambling situation, if there's something that you can do that is completely legal, but gives you a hand over the dealer. But then you have to explain when you meet in person and you're like, well, I actually don't look like that. Do most people ever explain? I mean, here's the thing. If six out of 10 people on the women aspect, if I'm a guy, if six out of 10 of them are going to flake, I don't have to explain much of anything because I'm just going to expect them not to show up. Right. So, so it's just, it's an interesting, I'm not like, I'm not, again, this is not me criticizing. This is me just pointing out very interesting conundrums here that aren't really pointing to a, a, a good light for the dating scene. Because a lot of these outside factors are influencing why people are making the decisions that they're making, lest they don't find the perfect person. So uh, it's just interesting. But um, photos, as I said, you know, have to be curated to generate interest. A recent study from the Smithsonian Magazine featured uh, about, of about 300 heterosexual volunteers featured uh, um, Interesting data from researchers that found that men and women place very different levels of trust in an attractive profile picture. Men saw photos of beautiful women, enhanced lighting, etc., and rated them to be hotter but less trustworthy than regular pics of the same people. On the inverse, women who were shown enhanced photos of men said they were that they said they seemed to be more attractive and more trustworthy than the unenhanced version. Which again points to my point of making this weird box because it's like. Okay, so if you're not a good-looking guy, then you're not seen as trustworthy to the opposite sex. But if you're a really good-looking woman who has enhanced photos, men, I can't, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I see a photo of a woman, I say, oh, it's a photo of a woman. Maybe I'm just old. But uh, men see attractive, super uber-attractive women as less trustworthy. So there's this kind of diverging situation here where it's like, how do you ever expect to meet somebody if based off of someone's photo, you determine them to be trustworthy or not. I wonder what they mean by enhanced lighting, like a, like a professional photograph. Or are they talking about like heavily edited, like photos edited? I don't think they even meant heavily. I just mean edited comparatively. So lighting difference, mm. brightening teeth, all that jazz. Um, Maybe. Well, which is interesting. What's interesting to me is women see to, seem to pay based based on this study. Um, women seem to place their faith in attractiveness of males displaying a hopefulness aspect, mm. whereas men seem to take, and I quote from the study, a more realistic approach that is straight from the Well, like you said earlier, every quote, hot girl has four guys at least chasing her basically mm-hmm. by statistics. 
So are they taking a more realistic approach saying I've got a 25% chance of getting with this girl. So I'm just going to like not get my hopes up. Well, I think the, the problem again, back to the observation they have with this, the, the study and data itself is four guys may be chasing them, but does that mean four attractive guys within the same group? Does that mean four really unattractive guys who are out of their league? What does that mean? Um, they're well, True. Good point. You know, so, so a lot of the, and again, I want to make this incredibly clear that men like, and I said this a little bit ago, men on average tend to value attractiveness to a higher degree than women do. So, so women are more likely, as you said, to, to go with mates that have other qualities that they prize in addition to attractiveness. So there is this, this inverse there that's in the opposite metric, but I do think it is quite interesting that trustworthiness is determined off of your photo that that seems almost asinine to me well if you don't have anything else to go on but again if that's the only thing you have to go on then how are you ever supposed to well, remember somebody? they were asked a question they had to answer the question how many people answered that question that way but then in real life when they're swiping they're a little more generous to whoever they're looking at in the photo yeah uh, well, apps like Tinder require users to look at a photo and make judgments about what someone's personality is like, um, what their values are, and whether your interpretation of those things without ever meeting that person are worth a date or even a lifetime together. I think that that metric is is really problematic. I mean, how how do you determine that off of a photo? You get my you get my point. Is it, we uh, and here's the thing, I will say, and we'll talk about this in a second. Um, it, literally, just a second. Uh, online dating is not very successful. I mean, it's really not. It's okay. it's it's incredibly unsuccessful. And I don't you, know what the stats are, but I'm sure you're um, about to tell me. Yeah, I am. So in a study from 2020 by Pew Research, 30% of U.S. adults have at some point used a dating app or website, up from uh, up 11% from 2013. That feels low, but again, this is 2020, so that makes sense. And a smaller number of those adults, 12%, said they found a long-term relationship via online dating. Actually, you know what? That's not low because it says of U.S. adults and how mm-hmm. many of them are already married or in relationships. From the ages, I would say the, 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 the heavy, I think ages heavily skew probably from 20 to 35. I think that's probably a mass amount of where the dating is. And then people past that are probably people with these four C's or, or widows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Again, though, 12% is terrible metric. 12% yeah. out of, out of, out of 44 to, 44.2 million people, 12% is around 5.3 million. Right. It's not a lot. And that's not successful relationships. That's just relationships in general. And long-term yeah. relationships, you uh-huh. have to sort of say, okay, what's the divorce rate? 50%. So technically 6% are going to be successful if you look at it from that perspective. Well, the reason I think this is problematic is because these online profiles, they are superficial. They require you to determine uh, something about somebody without ever having met them. And then when you do meet them, you base everything based off of that profile. So you're almost interrogating them based off what they told you as opposed to actually getting to know them. Two different things. If I sit down with you, I'm getting to know you because I want to learn about you. Um, I won't in the back of my mind have any question about what whether what she's telling me is true or false. If I see you on an online dating profile and you say some things that aren't super, super vague, like I love to travel. Like, I mean, like that stuff I'm not talking about. But if you say some stuff that's not vague and pointed in the back of my mind i'm gonna i'm gonna question you about those things yeah well. I, I feel like it almost i feel like it almost requires you to do that um and i think that's problematic so currently just data on the, the united states there's currently about 138 million men and 143 million females 
in the United States. Uh, there are around 58 million adults in the United States between the ages of 20 and 34, ages that I picked specifically uh, because it's the average age. The average age for uh, women, according to brides.com, is 28.6 years old. Oh, my God. Um, That's while, my exact age. Well, the average age for men is 30.4 years old. Um, Which is your exact age. We are perfectly well, we got average. a year ago, so... Oh, oh, I, so oh, I was we're, just saying we're, we're average. average people. Um, now, only thanks. That's great. So nice <laughs> okay. of you. Um, I said it to me, too. Only 29% of Americans aged 18 to 34 were married in 2018, while in 1978, that number was 59%. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, that is a huge difference. A lot of people don't it's get huge. married at all, or they wait until they're much older. Well, you have to think about, well, no, because the average age is 28.6 to get married. Oh. So so here's the thing you have to think about is what part of those individuals out of the, that is now different, what part of them, because of what's happening with social media, online dating, the interpretations brought on by superficial judgments, what part of them are being discounted from the, the sphere of potential partners based off of certain things? I'm talking about both sides. I mean, a, 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 a woman superficially if we're going to talk about superficial aspects we brought up height we might as well bring up height. if you're not within the height metrics she discounts you for a guy if you're not within the fit metric he discounts you granted those are both hypocritical if you're not in shape and you're looking for someone in shape i mean come on at the same time though i think those are superficial things that prevent people from actually meeting someone that could be their life partner um because when i'm 90 i'm not gonna be i mean i hope i will be but i'm not gonna be jacked like I, I like I, I'm not gonna like I, I when you hit you're a certain age you're not gonna be doing deadlifts at ninety yeah I'll be like five hundred pounds at ninety years old actually there you go I will. um but yeah it's just interesting I think this is something that people need to be asking themselves because if your life of meeting people romantically is purely based around just an online app and the twelve percent rate of success is what you have to work with your metrics the, the aren't metrics that great metrics don't bode well at all they don't. And so, so for me, obviously my advice, and I know this is superficial advice you've heard before, you're going to find people doing things you like. I mean, I, I go out and do new things, yeah. go into group settings. I know people say it's hard, but really if it's you, not. if you just put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, there are, there are groups, there's lots of things you can do. And what I mean by it's not hard, it is hard. What I mean by it's not is going out and doing new things is, is not hard. I mean, you do new things, introduce yourself to new I mean, things, it's uncomfortable you, for sure. That doesn't make it hard. For that makes it uncomfortable. People, right. There's a difference. Um, like I'm not going to come away from doing something. Uh, most instances knock on wood it might be different i am different than a lot of individuals we're all different unique snowflakes um most instances i'm not going to come away from something traumatized like for entertainment activity not most of the time no um so i think that's the only advice i can really give anyone now what's interesting i have some other data here uh uh, from Pew Research, half of Americans say online dating has had neither a positive or negative effect on dating or relationships. Um, about 50% have said that neither a po- it's a neither positive or negative effect. 22% have said mostly positive. 20% of, 26% have said mostly negative. Mm-hmm. And then that's online dating sites, apps that have had a blank effect on relationships. Um, and then compared to the relationships that begin in person, relationships where people first meet through a dating site or an app are 5% more successful, 54% just as successful, and 38% less successful. Um, do with that what you will, but I thought that was interesting. Well, it's, I mean, I expected the more successful to be very low. Mm-hmm. Um, the 54% for just as successful, I would expect that because think about it, that 54 4% has to make up of basically everyone who's still on a dating app. 
they want to think that they want to believe, of course, and I'm not saying one way or the other, it's right or wrong. They want to believe that it will work. Yeah. That's why they're there. Yeah. Unless they're some scumbag who's just looking to abuse a situation, which I'm sure there are lots of those. Yeah. But, uh, of course you want it to be just as successful as dating in person. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it is or not, but well, 12% says it says it's not. Um, well, yeah, I'm just saying like that 54% I would expect because yeah, if you're on a dating app, I'm assuming you think and believe and hope that yeah. it will work. No. Yeah, Otherwise, why would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, and there's a lot of other data points that we could talk about. Um, but I, I do want to make this painstakingly clear that we're, we're not trying to sway the data in a positive or negative light. I know I have my own bias, but the data is what it is. Like I, I can't interpret it in any other way. I can ask questions about it. I can have my own bias about what I think that data potentially says but again i want to make sure that we're not trying to like do what you will like if you want to use will not judge you if you yeah, use a dating if you want to use dating not. apps fine that's up to you um so yeah this they, there's not much to be said about going around uh, going around it unless we take those metrics and you know like question them like we've been doing or uh, or ask things that are not mentioned in context like we've asked a few seconds ago so there's mm -hmm. not really much we can do um by going around the data um now, obviously, for the listener, my personal bias uh, is I think dating apps in their current form are harmful. I think they create a more distrustful society. I, I think they create, and, and a lot of things do. I think social media generally creates a more distrustful society um, than meeting people organically. Because um, a lot of people have interpretations of what they think someone's going to do or say or how they are act, and most of the time, we're incorrect. Um, but yeah, that's what I think about dating apps. I, I think they're more harmful. I, I think that there's benefit, but I think over time, we're going to see a net negative. I think it just depends on how you use these things they're tools right like i think of social media mostly not perfect i do spend a lot of i waste a lot of time on social media as well but if you think of it as a tool like for example we moved to a new place i wanted to make some new friends i found a group through social media that promotes on social media to go to in person and i met people there so in that form it's the same as dating it's it, well it was not exactly the same. Not really. <laughs> Back up. I just mean that I use social media. In this case, it was just an actual social media platform as a way to meet someone in real life. Dating app is even more tailored to meeting someone in real life. So you would think it would have the same net positive outcome. The reason but it seems like it's not according to what you've cited here. Well, the reason, I don't, the reason I don't think that there's a net positive is not because i don't think that there can be a net positive or there can be a net can't be a net positive is that i i don't think that relationships can be purely visual i think that a lot of individuals like look when i when i talk about you to other people about relationals i always say that you know looks and stuff like that is a positive it's a plus but it's not a requirement i you know you as an individual who i'm married to like whether looks stay forever or not Aww. is 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 not is is, is it's it's after the fact now granted demographically men value looks mm -hmm. but that still doesn't necessitate that people make decisions purely based off of that so if your interpretation early on is a very resume based because that's what it is you're looking at someone's resume yeah I if agree. it's a very resume based superficial perspective uh, you're having the same problems companies have with finding people to stay at the company forever. How are you going to get the interview? How are you exactly like, Oh, we, okay. We want five years of uh, experience. We want a bachelor's degree or more. We want you to have these specializations. We want you to have all this information. Oh, and we're not going to talk to you unless you're from a, a, a credible university. Your pool of applicants is like 10. 
You get my point? Is and they a, come to you. You aren't no, necessary. they don't. Sometimes no, you have to reach out to them. They won't come to you. They'll go to the highest bidder. Right. Well, no, so, so, so. I agree. I'm saying that like you're usually when people do job postings like that, they just post them on a board and yes. let them sit there unless they hire a recruiter or whatever. And, and so this is, this is, but I those think, people, you're right. They're searching for the best the possible highest paid, the best scenario. And yeah. this is the problem that I think that companies are going to find out over the next decade is that strategy doesn't work. You can't have employees that are purely employed because they know you pay them the most because they'll just go to someone who pays them more. How do you continue a company with a never-ending revolving door of employees? You can't. And that's why usually the most successful companies are ones that build some sort of relationship well, 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 with well, that's their employees why, or at least are on good terms well, and that's respect why, one another. Well, that's why they have this, this great resignation going on because people realize that the company only values them for the paper that they saw. They don't value them for the employee that they are. Mm. And this is part of the problem that I think companies are going to have to, to, to deal with. Same with colleges. Colleges are eventually going to have to deal with the fact that their strategy doesn't work very well. It well, their doesn't. strategy it, it, is mostly word of mouth. Uh, well, well, previous, previous. What I mean by that is, is, is kids. you can't create a society of people who are not educated by giving them a diploma. We can talk about people being more educated, but we can talk. We can also look at the the actual effects of what that education has given people. It's putting people in more debt. It's put people in a. It's egregiously uh, expensive. Egregiously expensive. It's putting people in a situation where even though they have the degree, it's actually not going to open the door at all because now the requirements of years of experience well, are there. you're right it's now it's it's egregiously expensive basically no matter where you go you go uh-huh. to a community college it's going to be expensive. way too expensive and if you are looking for a high salary job not in every instance because there are plenty of instances where this isn't the case but you're likely going to stand out more if you go to a prestigious university yep. which is even more egregiously expensive very difficult to get so, into and then you have things like what's her name Lori Laughlin. Yeah, people cheating. Cheating. So, yeah. so, so the 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 whole quandary here is there is specifically within colleges, but I think this is reflective in a lot of different areas in society, where people have had things requested of them in what is meant to be a well-meaning fashion, which in turn, in reality, was actually deceptive. Go to college to have a better life. Get married, have kids, buy a house, or not the case. Not anymore. that order. Well, it doesn't matter. Get not, married. Not, doesn't matter. My, my point being is, is it's it's not the case because people thought of college like, well, that's my ticket to get a, a higher meal ticket. In reality, college is actually more expensive, so companies have to pay you more. They can't afford to pay you more, so they have to raise their prices. People can't afford to pay their prices, so then there's this inverse of, okay, well, we have really high expensive prices that we can't sell because people can't afford to pay them, and then we have the situation we have today. And you can't pay for college you rely on scholarships. So it's just a never-ending yeah. cycle of, of nonsense. And I'm not saying that it's not a cycle that people can, can't get out of, but if you look at our, our debt-to-income ratio in the United States, it's not exactly very good. It's almost needlessly difficult for a standard that seems like, according to this, not many people are necessarily living so, anymore. So think about it this way. Apply that to dating. You are entirely based off of the resume of what you are. That seems needlessly difficult. What if I say that I like something that someone doesn't like and they don't like that thing? Oh, cool. Well, now we're not going to date. What if I say that I'm a part of a certain party affiliation? Oh, now we're not going to date. What if I say that I'm not six foot? Oh, well, now we're not going to date. What if I say that I'm not fucking, uh, you know, in the best shape of my life? Oh, now we're not going to date. These are things that's like, okay, what you're doing from someone who's looking for a mate is you're just doing this check off, check off, check off, check off, check off. And eventually you're going to have a long list of things that you require that no one's ever going to be able to fulfill. And you, whether you're a guy or a girl, are going to be paralyzed with the options that you have that people will never ever standardize to meet up to. 
That, that's just it's 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 a sick cycle that goes like this. Same thing with the education system. Thing same thing with the job system, which is why we have the problems we have today. Not to suggest that people can't meet people. They can. We meet people all the time. People still get into relationships. You can still find a healthy relationship with online dating. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that from the majority of users, that's not the case. 12% of that is not a very good statistic. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. There's some other data, uh, data that I want to talk about, uh, specifically from what uh, women want, men and women want. There's more data on women on this than there is men. I think men are, uh, for some reason, just not... Not it's answering all, those survey questions. It's all preferenced in a lot of ways. Uh, but this is from manintelligence.com. From a survey of 1,000 women, 48% of women responded that they want men who are romantic. That's men's health. Men's health. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 26% of women believe in true love. That's from Everyday Health uh, in 2014. Uh, only 28% of women believe in love at first, first sight. Normal bar, 2012. Uh, 93% of women prefer to, prefer to be asked out on a date. 6% of women prefer to ask a man out. So that's what I was referencing earlier. I think I got the statistics off. Uh, while 83% of men prefer to do the asking, a total of 16% of men prefer to be asked out by women. Mm. Yeah. Is that um, just maybe a rejection thing? Like they've been rejected before and no, they don't it's, like it? No, it's they actually just I wouldn't I wouldn't have I if you would have walked up to me and asked me on a date, it would have been weird. Well, that's why I'm just wondering because like societal norm uh-huh. oh a gentleman asks a lady out on a date. Yeah. Is that why it's so skewed? Um no, I think well maybe. I think there's an aspect there, but I also think there's a there's a there's a, a biological difference. I, I truly think upstairs is a biological difference of interpretation. I think that men being um in a lot of ways uh the the larger of the sexes, I think they prefer to have a almost a cultivated um protector atmosphere. I mean, that's what I was taught when I was a kid. I was taught to fulfill. That's what I'm saying. Duties. Like there's a, this is societal norm for the, but at the same and... time, the societal norm is still applicable, right? So if, if for example, you've got a hundred strong in shape men compared to a hundred strong in shape women, there's going to be disparities there. They might not all be the same size. They might not all be as strong as each other, but there will be a difference across the board and there's a preference there. So when it comes to, if I want to be defended by somebody, I would rather be defended by five really strong dudes than by 10 cheerleaders. You get my point? How dare you? So so the whole thing about this is I, I don't necessarily mean that those things can't happen. The 10 cheerleaders could probably protect me. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there's a social preference, and I think there's also a biological preference um, that's been shown throughout almost all of human history. You can talk about you know the outliers of scenarios where... You know, there are instances of warrior women or warrior uh, or, or, or female leaders in a lot of ways. The and Amazonian I think Amazonian women. Yeah. And I think Wonder those woman. things, I think those things have their place. And I think those things are possible. I think people tend to forget, though, that even though in the societies where men are predominantly going out and doing like the hunting and the protecting, women are still tasked with protecting the home which is the, the most children, important thing. Uh, so, so there's become, and we've talked about this, there's this weird competition aspect as of the last 20 years, 30 years where it's like, you know, the, the sexes are compatible. We're supposed to be friends. <laughs> like we're supposed to complement each other, whether from a guy to a girl or a girl to a guy, one guy that's a little bit more feminine and the females more masculine doesn't matter. Still compatible at the end of the day. And I think this whole competition thing is what gets up and stuck in people's brains. That's why they have this problem with finding mates. I think that's why there's a huge depression issue going on is because I think people can't set up to the standards that they've set themselves up to believe, which have turned out to be completely and totally false. Well, think about it. If you are, I think online dating also introduces a lot of rejection. Think about the people like you, you would, you see their picture, you think they're attractive and you swipe 
Is it right, left? I can't, I don't know. Don't know. You say yes on them, but they don't say yes on you back. It's a little bit of rejection every time. But, but here's the problem is that rejection is based purely off of observation. So it's even more I petty. don't know. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd feel very good if a stranger was like, you're ugly. Yeah, but again, though, you have to think about it from the perspective of in life and online. It's much easier to say whatever you want to online. It's much easier to respond to. to I someone agree with that. It's easier to ghost way. someone too, other than you're at a bar so, and the conversation's going nowhere. You can't. It's it's harder to just turn around and walk well, away. Well, here's the thing: as a guy, like when I was in high school and in college, I had conversations with women that I didn't find particularly attractive physically that were attractive from an intellectual perspective. You don't oh get gosh. to have that with somebody or online or via an app. You swipe. So if I swipe on you. Afterwards you do. It, but yes. Yeah, but if it never gets there, the point is moot. So you can't, you can't, the, there's a series of steps that we can't discount just because there's a al- potential alternative. It's step A, step B, step C, and eventually it'll get to step D, which will eventually may re- end up in a relationship. That's a lot more steps than otherwise. Because if I met you at a bar and I was funny, but I wasn't super particularly attractive. I can lean on that funniness. You can't really be funny via pro- profile. What am I going to put something that I wrote there? I'm a comedian and my part time. Like it's like people don't find a lot of comedy through things they read unless the person writing that comedy is particularly talented. Most people are not. So a lot of comedy is through interaction and engagement. People will laugh at people making movements and making faces and stuff like that. And that's where a lot of comedy, that's why seeing a comedy show in person as opposed to watching it on the television is more enjoyable. Or reading or reading, reading a co- or a, reading a script. Yeah. Right? So if you read a comedian stand-up script, I'm sure it's funny, but not as funny as if he's saying it. That's so, actually a good point. You, yeah, I'm just thinking of how I can relate this in my personal life. Like when I read... <laughs> It just just came to my head, so don't judge me too harshly. When I read Harry Potter and the oh Cursed Child, which is just a script by J.K. Rowling, I read the book and I hated it. <laughs> I thought it was so awful. But then I saw the play and I loved the play because listening and seeing it in mm-hmm. person was a much better experience so, and it was the same exact words. So this is my point about relationships and dating is I think online dating, online apps, all that stuff discounts that from the get go. You are specifically making a decision off of one thing that is probably predicated by a false photo. It's probably altered in some shape, way, shape or form. Also determining what that person has said about themselves at one point in their life that they likely don't go back and change all the time um, to then entice you to reach out to them and to connect. I think that is incredibly superficial and not very, not a very successful way of communicating. That's like me walking past you in an airport and my one instance of walking past you and glancing at you is what I'm going to determine to be a relationship defining moment. It doesn't make any sense. Because if I sit down with you over coffee and we had a conversation over coffee or we had a conversation at a bar, you get to smell me, you get to see me in person, you get to have a conversation with me, I get to smell you, all those different things, all the pheromones, all that stuff plays a part. And people aren't letting themselves have that part because they're too busy playing a gambling game. Or think about the people who are truly just just really busy people. They have to purposely make time for that. They're not the predominant. I, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think they're predominant, but I do think there are people out there who just truly don't make the time for themselves to be in, in public and relax like that. They're usually either working or whatever. So maybe they have kids, maybe whatever reason. So, so, so they just use their couple minutes while they're eating breakfast to swipe. So on I would say that that's whatever. a metric that is very small um, and probably not. Uh, 
and I'm sorry, but probably not a worthy metric to pay attention to in the grand scheme of things. Uh, uh, look, I, I we're playing whataboutism generally with all this, mm. all of its whataboutism. Yeah. But I want to refrain from doing, what about the working mom who has three different jobs, four different kids, and just doesn't have the time? That's an outlier scenario that's not the average. Because 20 to 35... You normally don't have that. Those people who have that are normally married. They have kids. Those people who have those scenarios normally are married. They have a successful career. The people who prefer their career over relationships, there is a predominant amount of them. But at the same time, those people also go to work parties. They also go out to bars. Those people exist. The thing I think should be introduced is that because of the worker life disparity and the the now uh legally enforced you can't meet your partner at work thing i think that has introduced a quandary as well because normally people 50 60 years ago met their partner at their job you're going there all the time why not so i'm not to suggest that we should change anything i mean that's not going to really change anything now but i do think that that is an important thing that people need to pay attention to is the places where you venture are likely the places you're going to meet somebody if you never venture anywhere you're likely never going to meet someone if you never do anything new you're likely never going to meet people to do anything new these are things that people need to do and if you just refrain from doing them guess what good luck to your your life with a dog or cat or a fish mm. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's a realistic observation of this. People won't walk into your life, and if they do, it's an outlier scenario. So I just think a lot of this is unfortunate because basically what we're witnessing in real time is just kind of a segment, like a, like almost a, a technologically created segmentation of society that's going to result in, in my opinion, a lot of people who will be single for a long time. Um, which is going to increase higher levels of depression, higher levels of, of uh, especially amongst men uh, when it comes to uh, lack of um, civic duty. Uh, men normally who have been, you know, not in relationships and don't feel they have a purpose in life, they tend to get angry. They tend to get violent. Same thing with women. I think that's just going to increase inversely on both ends. I think it's just sad because I think while there are people, of course, who do not care, whatever, I think most people just don't want to be alone they want a partner mm -hmm. and these statistics just they're they're um this heart disheartening i hope that there's a way forward here that's actually positive with online dating um i i don't think there's a way forward through online dating i think online dating i think here's the thing is i think what will happen is online dating will progress more people will tend to use it uh, uh you know simulation type stuff that we've talked about before will come into proliferation and people will then find people in the simulation, which in turn is not going to be fulfilling either because they're finding someone who doesn't exist. Uh, we talk about different worlds of like, you know, simulated worlds and stuff like that. And there is a subjective argument for, you know, your perception is reality. But at the end of the day, if you create something that is your own and then you dive into that thing and treat that as your perceptive reality, there is still the baseline reality that we can all agree to exist. Um, but again, that's a whole nother conversation. I don't necessarily think I, I don't necessarily think online dating is going to be something that uh, I mean it'll be here to stay. I don't think it's going to change. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, I just wonder if I don't even know what you would do to quote improve it. I'm just thinking you like you can't really improve it. Cause maybe it's the way people approach it. Well, how do you approach it differently? The metrics are set, so you can't change the way you approach it. Um, cause the that, only way I can think that you approach it differently is if they mine all your data and they, they, already do they, that. they already do that. They match you yourself. So you don't even they're, have a choice. They already do that. So, so, so my point being, it's already predicated off of geolocation. They're going to introduce someone in your local area. So, so my, my point being is I don't think that the metric that is currently available is you can improve. I think what we have is what we're going to get. And I think as time goes on, it'll probably go down statistically, um, in success rate because more people will jump on and realize this is not for me. Um, 
Now, about 57% of women and 51% of men say they were almost certain that their current relationship will be permanent. I'm sure there's a lot that plays into that. Um, well, I mean, I'd hope so. Um, but... 5% of men and 3% of women are not committed to their partners. I thought that was interesting. It's actually kind of cool that it's such a low percentage of people. Yeah, that's um, good. I think I think that also shows that most people who do experience like infidelity or cheating or whatever. Small amount of people. Small amount of people. Yeah. Or at least... The majority of them, it's on a whim and it's like a, I was inebriated or whatever and mm. not in the right frame of mind. I mean, I'm not giving people excuses. Trust no, me. I, I don't <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm just saying that the majority of people, uh, I don't want to introduce measures that aren't, are, uh, that aren't, that aren't included. So I don't want to, sure. that's a, that's a, that's a guarantee. And that's also a 2002 stat. Yeah. So that's an old stat. It could have changed. Years it's ago. probably changed. Um, but that's a stat that was on the list. Um, as of 2008, 51% of women choose relationships over careers compared to 61% of men who would do the same. I think that's interesting. Um, I think that status probably gone down significantly for women. Um, uh, same with men. Um, mm-hmm. Of 2000 adults surveyed, this is from 2015, 52% of women want to see good manners. 42% of men want men to ask a lot of questions. 26% want men to pay for their meal. 27% want ma- a man to enjoy his meal. And 17% are fine with being a little dr- drunk. I thought that was just an interesting thing from TGI Fridays. Didn't <laughs> know they kept metrics like that. Um <laughs> Of 5,000 men and women surveyed, 65% of women said kissing is appropriate on the first date, while 56% uh, said cuddling is also appropriate. This is from Singles in America, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, 34% of women are willing or very willing to move in with their significant other to save money, while 30% are not at all willing. Interesting. So about mm, equal on that front. From Trulia, which I can't imagine is any better now with all the prices. <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. Now uh, it's like to stay financially you have to. wise, you have to move yeah. in together. Well, you move in with your partner or you live <clears throat> with five other people who are not your partner, um, yeah. which is weird. Um, so either a hostel or a with your partner um in a study of twenty thousand heterosexuals 97 percent of women believe that it is essential to have a partner who is has a steady income and 69 percent it said it was important to have a partner who makes or will make a lot of money that is personality and individual differences from 2015 64 percent of women prefer to find a husband who earns more money from the daily mail in 2011 i'm sure that's changed uh for 29% of women, a successful husband or boyfriend is the second highest status symbol uh, from Cosmopolitan in 2010. Uh, here's the height thing. 5% of women are attracted to guys' height from 2016. That's from Static Brain Research Institute. 73% of women prefer to date guys taller than 5'9". Those stats don't match. They conflate, right? It's weird. Um, so, 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 okay. So basically what this is saying is that when women are asked what's attractive about a man, very few actually bring up height. They but actually when, bring up eyes. Eyes are the most attractive. But then when they are asked if they prefer men over 5'9", they'll say yes. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I was referencing earlier. Almost 70, 73% of, of women want guys who are above the average height in the country. Well, here's well, the thing. The average height of women is what, 5'6"? So they're looking for someone taller. No. No, I think I it's think five it's, six. I think it's less than that. Five six. No, let me, let me check. Average height of women in the U.S. I'm pretty mm, sure it's five. It six. might be. Let me check really quick. I might be wrong, but my point is, so they're looking for someone taller than them. Which five foot four. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah. So so oh. here's the thing. Women Someone are looking, much taller than them. Yeah. Then. Looking for men that are significantly taller than, than them. The average height for a man in the U.S. is 5'9". So this is what I was getting at earlier. 48.9% of women want to date men who are much taller than them. Telegraph 2014. Um, we'll get to this in a second, but the, the statistics for men that are taller than six foot and above is just, it's, it's, it's nominal. It's like 10% of the population. Mm-hmm. So, and that is of guys who are just generally guys. I don't know what percent of those guys aren't, are single. Yeah. Like, so you're creating this box of, and this is why I get on about, you know, certain, certain stories that I've heard. It's like, you're creating this box that is basically just kind of Xing you out of the race. I mean, if that's so important, if someone looks at someone, can they really tell the difference between like 5'11 and six foot? Yes. Yes, they can. I haven't paid much. But then again, 5'11 and six, well, 5'11, six foot. No, but 5'9, six foot. Yes. Oh yes, so, for so sure that is, yes. So this is the point I'm talking about. I'm not. I don't think people care about five eleven. Five eleven is uh, when I was in football. I was six foot, and they said say you're six two. So it's like, you well, know, here's the thing. Or maybe when you're five eleven, you're six foot. But again, so that's so, how it works. <laughs> so my my whole point being is so again another stat from uh, Medical Daily 2014. Out of 382 college sur- students surveyed, only about four percent of women would date men shorter than they are. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's small. So small. And, and again, this is, this is, these are things that I think are impactful because at the end of the day, the part, your partner, people are compatible with a lot of people. You're compatible with a lot of people. I mean, statistically that was, that's shown throughout almost all of human history that men and women are compatible across a lot of different measures. Um, and monogamy is good. I think monogamy has a ton of benefits and I don't think people pay attention to those benefits. Uh, one of them being, you know, men, women specifically have roles that they play within society. When they fulfill a monogamous relationship, they actually operate better within those roles. It's actually economically, um, yeah, sustainable um, and incentivizing. Um, you know, an economically profitable society is one that has men who have less wives to worry about or less women to worry about tend to invest more into business and society and the good of which creates a better, better society. Um, so I think what's interesting is that on, on the, the woman's end of the spectrum here, there's a lot of, uh, uh, it's almost as if it's just not considered. Um, cause at the end of the day, it's competition, like relationships is competition. Almost anything is competition. And when you're in a scenario where you have to compete with others to find someone is not beneficial to be incredibly picky. It's almost to the point where you, you write yourself out. Well, okay. So here's something like when I was, Growing up, I was always told, you know, you deserve a prince. You deserve, you know. What does the, it mean? Just mean like your perfect guy, like the very best. You deserve the best, the best, the best. I mean, as you grow older and wiser, usually people realize the best is not perfect because there's no such thing as perfect, right? But I wonder if that conflates for a lot of people with um, what they're willing to compromise on. It's one thing to compromise on like, something that goes against your morals. Like you probably shouldn't do that. If it's, it's like a moral issue for you. Sure. Yeah. Don't compromise. Or if it's a safety issue. Yeah. Don't compromise. Or if it's a sustainable issue, don't compromise. But when it comes to the hair color, when you're swiping, maybe that's not as big of a deal. But, but I, as you I, but think, I, I think the point that I'm getting at is you suggested earlier that women, and this is something that is, is, is verifiable through data. Um, women are more likely to commit outside of physical attractiveness. Mm-hmm. But the point is, if you're asking them to make the determinating decision to start with, you're starting off on the wrong foot. Right. Especially when you talk about these metrics with height. Um, 
uh, from data collected by 470 female dating ads, 49% of women prefer to date tall men because they feel more feminine and protected. Out of 131 women surveyed in a, really, a related study, uh, from this is from 2014, 55% of women preferred taller men. 63% of women believe tall men are sexier than short men. 71% say that the ideal height for a partner is between 6 feet and 6 foot 6. Mm. Fun fact, as I said... Uh, average height is 5'9". Only about 14.5% of all men in the United States are six feet and taller. Well, okay. Um, but then if you were to ask men, like heterosexual men, this, what their ideal partner is, would it be, you know, 34, whatever the waist? That I'm not sure about. And that's yeah. what I, I, we might have to do another episode on this to talk about this because there wasn't a ton of Because ideally, yes, we but, want but again, hourglass figure, whatever. But again, maybe. I think that that is something that's changeable. You can't change height. You can change those things. Like, so for example, if someone is out of like, and this is what I've talked about. Uh, we've talked about this before. I see what you mean. There, if yeah. you meet someone who is out of shape and you happen to be in better shape, the likelihood is if you engage and commit with that person, they will likely get in better shape. I think with there you. is an advantage. So, with well, yeah, you can work out or you can get plastic surgery. But you can't or... change someone's height. So it's yeah. an unchangeable metric. Unless which you is... put them in heels. Which usually, no, if you're someone who wants a six no foot man, six guy and you want to be protected, no man I, is going to put on six inches. Maybe, heels. but I doubt you want them wearing pumps to dinner. I so, don't know so, what you're no, into. No, but. most men won't do that. I, I um, know. So, so my point being is, uh, like this is a metric that is unchangeable, but seems to be impactful. I understand the importance of it. I understand why people relate to that, but I do think that the unfortunate nature of that particular metric is basically nixing you out, out of a race that is incredibly competitive. Because mm-hmm. if fourteen point five percent of all U.S. male adults are six foot six foot six and above, like that's all of them. That's from like zero. That's like eighteen to ninety. Unless you want to date a ninety-five year old whose wife recently deceased, the likelihood that you getting someone like that is small it's small you, you it's not a common thing uh just because there's not that many guys that are that high like th- that high that tall in the country they're so high up the, there the, yeah yeah I, I mean i'm up at the clouds <laughs> i look down and there's like birds flying by my face so my whole thing is i just think that's a metric that is important but i don't think it's a metric that people should determine to be important to them but unfortunately the female population sees it as important and it is an unchangeable metric it's not something that's changeable um uh, of 500 of over 5,000 men and women surveyed 58% of women want a guy who makes them laugh. Uh, that's, that's a changeable metric. Uh, 42.9% of women give up, give out their numbers to men who are fun, funny men who were funny were also refused 51, 7.1% of the time. Funny's objective. Uh, men who didn't use humor were accepted only by 15.4% of the time and were free, were refused 84.6% of the time. But then again, how do you use humor if the only metric that is used is a profile? You have a funny quip. You wear a funny hat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then women are three times more likely to give their number to guys who tell jokes. Um, I'm just not going to quote all these references cause there's just, there's too many references. Uh, but yeah, those are some things that women want, uh, statistically, we didn't really dive into what men want because it's just, there wasn't a ton of data available. Mm. I only have so much time to plan these episodes, guys. No, um, that long one too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, obviously Be- Beowulf and I have been together for 11 years. Um, this is all subjective. This is all opinion. Um, we've been married for over a little over a year now. So, so, you know, we don't have a ton of insight when it comes to personal experience but we do have a lot of observational experience um and i can see how rough it is right now i mean it's rough i i it is it is i mean i breaks my heart for a lot of people who i i know we we know personally are like wonderful people yeah and the 
by nature of dating apps, you know they're getting passed over for probably frivolous reasons when you know they'd make a great partner for somebody. Well, and that's and that's something I think is the problem is like for, people don't have you don't have the the luxury of being frivolous. You really don't. I mean, you can see that when people say you don't know what you you've lost until it's gone. I mean, that's what that statement means. Um, and obviously, we've discussed a ton of data uh, metrics that I think, frankly, are, are fungible. I mean, a lot of it's probably bullshit. Um, but I think the point is to point out that the date scene as it is right now is is just I don't think it works. I really don't. I think it's creating a community that's that's uh, potentially be vitriolic, um, uh, very uh, subjective to judgment before uh, understanding. Um, a lot of uh, contempt as time goes on because like you, the opportunities that you're given are measured purely off of the system itself that is being utilized. And the system itself is a 12% success rate. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're basically utilizing a car with one wheel and half an engine to get from point A to point B. I mean, you're, right. you has maybe one door and like a side view mirror and the radio doesn't work. So it's like, you, you don't really have a good metric here. And I'm not saying you can't meet people naturally. You can, but I think with the last two years, people are less likely to do that type of stuff. Um, I could be wrong. That's something we should probably look into. But yeah, we've di- we've discussed in past episodes the diminishing aspect of community in the United States, uh, and especially over the last few years. And uh, you know, I think that mixed with the nonsense over of, of tribalism and and the political aspect of or like of everything is just a net negative for a lot of this. Um, adversely, this affects things like marriage rates. In 2020, according to Statista.com, currently sitting at 5.1 people per 1,000 people of the population as so many people are married, um, down from 1990 levels when marriage, when the marriage rate was at 9.8 per 1000 people. So it's half, um, which adversely affects child rates. According to macrotrends.net, the U S birth rate rate currently sits at 12 births per 1000 people. For context, the birth rate between the ninth in the 1950s was around 25 per 1000 people. And currently the highest birth country in the world is Israel at 16 per 1000 people. Israel or, or no, actually 24 per 1,000 people. Might might be. That's interesting. I need to check that. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, now don't, granted, don't quote him on yeah, that. Yeah, don't quote me on that. Now, granted, the U.S.'s birth rate is not the worst in the world, um, but it is a cause for concern since in order to keep the generational replacement continuing, there has to be a metric that we can go by, and I have that data. Uh, according to NPR, the 2021 rise in birth rates, uh, 1,663 births per 1,000 women, so 1.6 kids, uh, the first increase since 2014 is far below the 2,100 births per 1,000 women that each generation needs to exactly replace itself. So uh, we're, going, uh, we're, we're going through the opposite of the baby boomers right now. And it doesn't look like it's likely to increase. And I think a lot of these things, including online dating, is creating this problem in which people are, they're not realizing that a lot of the purpose um, and fulfillment in life comes from creating a family. Now, I'm not saying those are the only things. I'm not saying that they should be the most important. Uh, Obviously, you know, there are conversations that can be had till the end of time um, about, uh, about this topic itself. But I do think that as time goes on, people are going to realize that the mistakes that they've intentionally made through the advice of companies that don't know anything more about relationships than you do because they're humans, um, there's going to be a lot of like, unfortunately, I feel like there's going to be a lot of whiplash. Um, So if I had any advice, I would say go do things you want to do. Meet people that way. Don't waste your time online. Uh, You can have one, but I don't think it's worth your time. I mean, 12% rate is bad. It's a bad. I wouldn't take that bet. 12%. Yeah, I mean I, it's better than the like the the lottery, yeah, but like one true. out of well, like twelve percent like out of a hundred is not very good. No, 
don't know. It's just... And obviously the number's not out of 100. There's a different metric they use. But yeah, still. I just, you know, it, it's it's difficult to watch people struggle through the dating app scene. It really is. Because yeah. at least from my perspective, from people I know and love who are using dating apps, truly just want a partner. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what to do to get one. Besides, you know, go on a dating app. Or maybe they do, they just haven't been lucky in person or whatever. But at the same time, like, or, or a couple, I, I, like I can think of some examples right now. They had long-term relationships for that, you know, that what you, some people call that golden era of dating their twenties yeah. and then something happened, yeah. didn't work out. And suddenly they find themselves older and the dating pool is much smaller because, you know, a lot of people are in relationships in their late twenties and their thirties. I think that pool opens up because of divorce later and death, divorce and death. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't have any good advice here other than, uh, stay true to yourself and maybe just give people a chance. Yeah. I think that's really the best thing we can say. I mean, it, it, right now it, it obviously looks bleak, um, to say the also, least. I know I've talked a lot about safety and stuff, which is very, very important. A whole other topic I could go on for hours about, but also, you know, not every guy in the world is looking to hurt you I think from the, a woman's perspective. Well, I think the best it's, thing that you there's can a difference do, between being safe and also just, you know, not giving anyone. Well, I think the best thing chance. you can do is you can look at the data, the data metrics. I mean, cause here's the thing is there's a difference between people that are actually, and obviously people say, well, there's a lot of unreported. That may be true. Mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's a hugely significant number to where you look at all the metrics and say, Oh my God, I, I think that's that not there's true. A, I think there's, there's a perspective shift that needs to happen where a lot of people think guys are on dating apps just for hookups. Well, here's the thing is be... guys haven't done themselves any favors. I mean, no. sending dick pics is not exactly going to do you any, any favors. Of course not. And at the same time, I, I think the problem is, as I've said a little bit ago, is we've created a society that's not trustworthy and the trustworthy metrics that are used are incredibly shallow and stereotypical. So if you utilize that trust metric, like the photo as your metric of trust, and then you meet a guy who's a f- douchebag, you're going to not never use that again. So, so my whole point is, you said a second ago, we need to trust people. We need to give people a chance. I agree. Give people a chance. If they're not weird via text, give them a chance. What do you, go with another friend. Like Invite them to a group thing. These are, these are things that you can do that eliminates the, the danger perspective. Mm-hmm. With that being said, obviously, carry personal protection. At the same time, you got to look at the data when it comes to the metrics that we do quantify and track when it comes to safety in the country. It's just worth taking a chance because in the sense of if you fall in love with someone, you're taking a chance. Uh, yeah. So, so you're going to be taking a chance no matter what. Yeah. And um, yeah, to everyone out there who's on dating apps, has used dating apps or will use them in the future, we wish you the best of luck. I, I mean, I look at these stats and I don't even know what to say. I want people to be happy. And in love and successful in life. Unfortunately, not all of us have the same path. Well, people figure it out. I think sh- things I think shift. so, too. I think but, so, uh, too. I actually think that there seems to be a cultural shift towards monogamy, in my opinion. You hear about all this polyamorous stuff that kind of flows around. I really, think, I really think that, specifically our generation, millennials, 50%, maybe even more, of our parents were divorced, usually when we were very young. And I think... That has kind of um, 
turned a leaf. While less of us maybe are in long-term relationships now, it seems like that might be because people want to be sure and they don't want to go through that. Yeah. Maybe that's a more positive spin. They don't want to, they don't want to, um, be in a situation that they have to put maybe their future children through what they went through as a child. Well, we're not our parents. That's the only thing I can say. You don't have to be your parents, people. Nope. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to uh, episode 58 of The Wolf and Bull. Uh, We'll be back next week with another episode. The Bull will be back. Thanks for listening to The Wolf and Bull podcast with your host, The Wolf and Bull. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all of the latest from The Wolf and Bull, you can tune in via our weekly episodes available on nearly every major listening platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Wolf and Bull. You can follow us on YouTube at The Wolf and Bull Podcast and at our website, thewolfandbull.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.